to the hard luck show we are direct from the mayfair hotel in downtown los angeles it is a beautiful late afternoon evening i want to welcome you listeners to the greatest show on earth as usual on my right my partner is chumahan bowen american indian southern californian elegant barbarian yes is that it? Oh yeah, that's definitely it. How come I can't hear it? Because I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. This battlefield is my canvas And Man. I'm not taking But that hand drum is my anthem We go bang, bang On the 808s You know yeah. the color when you feel the bass No deal with the devil No soul Oh no, you, you don't like uh, The other one, huh? What about this one? Here we go What about that one? Look at his face I thought I like braided up with my With my paint grind up that. I'd like to know how interested you are in Indians and are you interested in uh, quotes the red revolution and and power the red revolution the red Indian, yeah, that kind of thing okay is that it what are no. American people doing it's a Indians? slightly That's different one but just check this one out Indian shit Indian rap reservation they rap so much money out there at first they took the land and then they made movies about them taking the land you know it's, uh, it's a bit mean, you know. But we always used to stick up for the Indians in Britain on the movies. But what's happening with India? I mean, what are they doing for them? Nothing. Mm. Mm. They never represent us. The U.S. Yeah. been the opposition. They always been against us. Genocide, assimilation. They murdered yeah. us and did like some. You can see a This is the one you like. This is the one you like. Savage. 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 Is that it? Yeah. Look out. Hmm. That's your jam. I don't know about all that other stuff you're putting on. I told you this was your theme. Well, they're going to ride in and set. They're going to ride in and set. All right. This guy found Indian rap. Savage revolutionary stuff. I like it, bro. Yeah. Our sound man, Sean, old blue eyes, is not with us today. Yeah, Where is he, Chumahan? He's up in the... Where's your, life, your long lifehood friend at? That fucker is up in the Bay Area because his fucking wife went back to India again. For like a month. Another month. Stuck him with the kid for a month. Right. He's out here mm-hmm. meeting Bobby the Hundreds. Mm-hmm. He's out here getting paid 200 bucks an hour to help set up podcasts for other people. Yeah. And his wife is just piecing out second time. Right yeah. within the last four months to India for thirty days, leaving him with the kid. It's crazy. 
And he's working, so he had to go to the Bay Area to stay with, I think, her parents. Yeah, his so mother-in-law. That, so that oh. they could watch the kid, so he could try to do some work. Man, boy. That's crazy to me. Think about that. I, I do think about that. It, what do you, does man. that keep you? It keeps me up at night. It bo- really bothers me too. It bothers me too, and, and I want to talk to him like strongly. Like, there's a man, part of me that wants dude, to put man, him aside. Pull up your pants, man, I, dude. And and then, but then there's a part of me that doesn't want to start no shit. What do you do, dude? Man, I, the shit got stuck. The shit's already started, partner. But do okay? you? Do you let me ask you a question. Do you? Are you gonna pull him aside, or are you like with? That's his business. I, I can't talk I to him. I think we got to do it together. We need to really lean you into this guy I, and toughen this kid up, man. Wasted aprons on that guy. Dude, but the thing is, is like you saw when he gets heated, bro. He's a scary guy. He's like a serial killer because he's real nice. Well, he needs and, to get and, pushed a little bit. And then he gets snappy. Then as soon as you start criticizing, like I remember when he forgot the power cord, yeah. he still hates that. To this day. Yeah, but yet he just receives all this other stuff like it's nothing. I saw him yesterday when he handed me the equipment. Yeah. It's all good. Oh, I'm going to be up in, I don't know, Tehachapi. <laughs> this is where he was going to his mother father law His wife is going to be in India Why meditating he- while he's in Tehachapi and we don't have a sound guy. Right. I'm running the sound. That don't sound right to me at all. It doesn't sound right to me at all either. We don't have a sound car. We don't have the fucking thing. That would be the day. Maybe we should tell him, like, listen, why don't we talk to your wife? You don't. We'll talk to. Yeah, I'll talk to her better than him. Yeah, Mm -hmm. assign assign your rights and privileges as a husband to command shit to your wife. Tell us, and we'll go to her, and we'll say all the stuff, and then you won't get blamed. We'll get blamed. Yeah, and we'll pull her aside and be like, Yeah, what are you doing? This is your meal ticket right here. Yeah, you're fucking up the meal ticket. You're screwing up. Yeah, <laughs> fucking up the cha-cha right what, now. What do you think is the chances that Sean's going to let us go talk to his wife? Zero. Sean <laughs> <laughs> ain't going to listen to anybody. Sean's a sadist. You know what? My guest, my guest actually knows Sean. Yep, yep, yep. Now, you have a guest here, and this guest, you've been talking about this guest for a while. You even told me some stories I just think i fell in love with a couple stories i heard i was just so his, impressed his eyes and just gleamed this, this woman's got the most beautiful smile in the world man. she I mean, does a gorgeous teeth just beautiful teeth beautiful smile um yeah tell us about your friend that you're having gone here this woman that i know uh who's about to cry right now just because i said that very mm-hmm. emotional woman mm-hmm. we've known each other since my first year in law school all those years ago conchetta Conchetta, look at that. She's getting emotional. I love her. I worked for her. I worked with her. I worked alongside her. I'm her attorney. She's brought me into leadership programs. Uh, We've survived wealthy addicts together. The most addicted, drug addicted, craziest, outlandish drug addicts that also rare, a rare combination have an insane amount of money and Conchetta ran a premier sober living in Malibu mm. Malibu mm. not Calabasas right. Malibu. Malibu and uh, I helped her do that while I was in law school and I've gotten to know her and her amazing stories and uh, 
and her amazing energy. And we have so many. And we I thought I'd bring her in since you've heard so much about her. Yes. So uh, let's welcome Conchetta. She's in the green room. Here she comes. She's coming in. Looking fantastic once again. Conchetta! Yay! Let me just describe how... How would you describe her, Steve? What is she wearing? This woman is gorgeous. She's gorgeous and she's got great style. And as soon as she walked into the room, I was like... Who's that woman? I know that isn't this Conchetta woman. Oh, it and then is. I was happily surprised to find out. She's Very con- style. I just love your style. You are an ace. Yeah, yeah. Get up on that microphone so we can really hear you. All right. There you go. Absolutely. Great. So yeah, so she's wearing like a, a, a sports jacket with a faux fur. I don't know what that is. Lying. Chumahan, I I know that you want it to be faux. Because I'm vegan. Oh, <laughs> there, there you go. Is it the real thing? It is real fur. Yeah. Now do not tell Sarah. Yeah. I won't. Okay. Yeah, That's my yeah, wife. Yeah. What is it? What is that fur? What do you have there? Uh, it's fox. fox. Nice. Crazy wow. like fox a fox. For Smart a fox. as a fox. Crazy as a fox. Right. All of the foxes. Right. Thank She's you. She's a fox. Thank She's a you. fox. You're so sweet. You Listen to that. Absolutely. So, so amazing. Thank you. Yeah. So get closer to the mic, Conchetta. You got to get in there. Don't be shy. All right. Oh, perfect. All right. So Conchetta, uh, when did we first meet? Tell me how that went. How did that go? Well, you and I first met at a meeting in Malibu. How Mm. did that happen? We were at the meeting, the 6 a.m. meeting before you would go to school in the morning. Right. And we were down in uh, across from Pepperdine at the at the little in Landry, know. Tom Landry, the little Tom Landry Park. Yeah, the little park right there. Tom Landry Park, like yeah, Dallas Cowboys Tom Landry? No, no, oh. not Tom Landry. No. Michael Landon. Yeah, Michael Landon. Oh, Michael, Michael, Michael Landon Park. Park. Yeah. Highway to heaven. Yeah. Highway to heaven. Michael Landon, right. Yeah, so we were there at 6 a.m. every morning, and I, I fell in love with Chumahan. I was like, oh, my God, this kid is amazing. Oh, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's, he was five years sober at the time. Yep. And I was like seven months sober at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember meeting him, and and it, we hit it off, fell in love, and you know the rest is history. Did you guys start I, dating right then? No, it wasn't that type oh, okay. of love. It was right. just like our spirits aligned. Sure. And it was it was incredible to hear him share. I was yeah. so impressed by the way he shared a message mm-hmm. that it resonated with me, and it brought something out in me that I didn't even know I could understand by a reading. This you know? is what happens all the time with me and him. Yeah. He brings out things in me I don't quite understand. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 and then you had, what business did you have up there? What was that? I had a, I had a sober living. How I, did you, first of all, let me wrap my mind around this. How do you have a sober living at seven months sober? How's that happen? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I didn't know I didn't know any better. How about this? So the I don't know o- anybody with seven months that has a sober, sober living. living. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was it was kind of crazy because I had been I had been to, I had been to treatment seven times. It was my seventh <laughs> treatment center. Wow, you did me. I literally was in treatment, and my parents. I knew my parents were done with. They were like, "Picked. This is your last time. Pick wisely." So I thought to myself, well, I'm not going to any more of those AA places because the only thing they do is throw a book at me and tell me to read the first 164 pages. And I had a learning disability. Mm. So I had made up a story that I could not get sober like other people got sober. I was terminally unique, you know, had a unique story. Which I was she different. Does, which which I, uh, she does. Of course, I think we all do. And I mean, we all do. Chumihan, you have. <laughs> come on, I could tell Chumihan stories for days. But mm-hmm. what stories do I got? Oh my God! Uh, come attorney, on. You got attorney turns cake 
turns no first it was script writer go ahead you know wanted to be a producer then he goes then he's going to law school that sounds like everyone in LA then, then you you single handedly almost bankrupt Costco that's true <laughs> <laughs> almost single handedly bankrupt Costco well uh, we won't go that far but yeah then he's a cake baker <laughs> then he's a gluten free sugar free oh, cake I heard about maker that. Yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah, yeah. bean cakes yeah, yeah. the bean cakes crazy. he was he was so crazy with the bean cakes you know to then oh i'm gonna go back and be an attorney then i don't want to be an attorney i mean we've uh you know it's like he's got every other minute he's doing something different you know and look at him now like he's an attorney and he's realized that he can be an attorney and he doesn't have to just do one or the other that he can do both hands right right Right. which is incredible and uh you know i've always known that chumahan is going to be extremely successful. Yes. Um, and I saw that in him, and I still see that in him. And, and now listen, he's a dad, and it's been so incredible to watch him change. Yeah, change. What, is, what, what, what change? Now he's a vegan, by the way. He used to mm, throw burgers yeah. in his mouth. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Through yeah. the drive-thru, comes, comes up. He would eat out of a house and home. He'd eat all the salami in the refrigerator. Dude, listen, 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 listen. Oh, listen. my God. All right, we've, we've said the nice shit about each other. Let's get down okay. to the real shit. Yeah. So, like, she, so Conchetta has this sober lived seven months she's out of her mind right yeah. just just run around energy she, basically her parents are like i'm not paying for another treatment so so conchetta wisely this is how brilliant her mind works <laughs> she's like i'll just own a treatment facility and then that yeah. way won't i won't be at the treatment facility i mean i'll live here too but i'll also be running it mm-hmm. and it'll also be a business and, and in that way i won't ever have to go back and blah, blah, blah it'll work out and, and and it did work out so then conchetta would have these things all right and then one of the, so well, she, go back. Wait, hold on. Go ahead. Hold on. Go ahead. So I wasn't very qualified to go to work for anybody since I had so many theft charges. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, you know, <laughs> I, I didn't have an education. <laughs> like I didn't, I had, I was on five, I was on probation in five counties when I got sober <laughs> at the same time. I, so like who, who's gonna hire me like i'm like i need to be an entrepreneur i need yeah, to figure yeah, out how to yeah, make my yeah. own have my own business sure. what am i the most qualified for sober living like hey you've gotten arrested and have cases me too hey you need to get your kids back lost your custody of your kid me too hey you you know your entire family won't talk to you me too hey you've got five probations going on or one probation going on i can walk you through it like i knew everything about that world and I knew that nobody was going to get over on me because I knew how to get on, get over on everybody else. So what's, I was the most qualified for that position. Sure. And the, the truth of it is, is I was like sitting in sober living. I went to treatment and I had a case that was going on in Malibu. That's what, why I ended up in Malibu. What was the case? <laughs> Chumahan. What was it? Okay. So I had a gambling problem. I have a gambling problem too. I'm a compulsive gambler, so started with eating disorders, then it went from eating disorders to alcohol, then alcohol to to speed, you know, coke and meth, and then gambling, of course, fit into that perfectly. Right. And so I was married at the time, and I was living in Bakersfield, and... And my husband and I were, you know, fighting and not getting along because I married somebody old and I was 23 <laughs> and that was dumb. But I thought, man. We just talked about that, though. That this last I, show. Well, yeah. the whole reason that I thought it was smart was because my parents, they were so like, 
I've been a troubled child my entire life, so they constantly had hands on me, like in love, but they was I felt it as being controlling. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted away from my parents' control. And I'm like, how do you do that? Hey, I'll marry an attorney who's got money, and then I don't have to worry about my parents. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, stepping on me. So anyway, make a long story short, I was in Malibu because I had I had this gambling problem. And I had gone to Costco one day and I had bought this rug. They have trunk shows. You know, they have the road shows there, right? They're not items that are not always in Costco all the time, but they're there on special occasions. So I walked in and I see this rug and it's this Persian rug show. And I'm like, oh my God. So I buy this rug and I bring it home. I write a check for it. I bring it home. It's the wrong color scheme for the house. I'm like, okay, this doesn't really fit. I put it back in the car. I bring it back to Costco and they give me cash for it. And mm. I was like, wow, right. that's crazy. I just wrote you a check. You didn't even wait for it to clear and you're giving me cash. Mm. Now I'm gambling at the time. Mm. And what are you gambling? What's your gamble? Well, I start out at the horses. Okay. I started out. It was very innocent. I was like 25, 26 years old. And I, a friend of my family said, uh, my mom called me and said, hey, Lynn Kikorian has a a racehorse running at Del Mar and he named it after you. And I was like, oh my God, that's so amazing. So I call him up and I'm like, I can't believe you have a horse and you named it after me. He's like, yeah, the horse's name is Chetta B and I'm going to... That's the horse. Oh, the horse. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Mm -hmm. Chewy. And I'm like, where do you watch these horses run? And they're like, go to the satellite wagering. So I go to satellite wagering Mm -hmm. and I go in and I start playing like $2 to place and $2 to show. And, oh, and I'm like picking the names. Perfecto. Yeah. Like, oh, no, I'm just picking the names Uh to play $2 to place, $2 to show. And my friends are, my friends uh, are like, you don't do that. You got to play, you got to play triples and you got to play, you know, all these different ways and all this stuff. And I have no idea what I'm doing. All I'm doing is I pick the names of the horses. Mm-hmm. That seems like a nice name. I don't know what odds are. I don't know anything. By the time I left there, I placed a $6 bet and it won $3,300. So I'm like, wow, that was, that was amazing. I was like, that's yeah. amazing. How much fun. So a week later, I go in there and I pick a six, five out of six. And all the ticket says is go to the IRS window. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm like, amazing. I'm going to go to the window. And I go, hi, what did I win? Now, I think they're going to tell me like, you know, a few thousand dollars, $11,955. Crazy, right? Yeah. So I, of course, know that I'm a professional horse picker. At that moment. Yes. I'm like, right. I you got the touch. The I, Midas yeah. touch. I'm 11, like, 11 grand. My husband, I tell my husband, oh my God, look at the money I won <laughs> on this. Uh, and I, now I'm paying off my credit card that was $10,000. And look at that. I paid off my credit card and how You're responsible I am. Yeah. And I'm now getting the forms. And I'm like, to be informed, of course, I'm getting right. the forms. Right. And I'm looking over the forms and... I, I'm now studying the jockeys and I'm studying the stables and I'm studying all the things and I can't pick crap after that. Oh. Zero. So I start throwing you know everything. What? I start spending thousands of dollars on tickets. Like I'll have one ticket and I'll have every number except for two of them in a exacta, exacta or a trifecta and it loses. And I'm like, that was a $600 ticket. Oh my God. You know, and that credit card that I paid off, I spent the entire 11 grand on 
gambling at the track. Getting trying to get back, trying to win back. So okay, so you have this huge gambling problem that's ballooning out. Yeah, you're hiding it from the husband. Yeah. Okay. I'm and hiding then, it from my husband. By the way, my dad's full Italian, right? Mm-hmm. And I work for his company at the time. He's a pr- in the produce industry, so I'm working yeah. at the produce company. <laughs> And I'm leaving like at lunchtime. What are you doing over there? I'm salesperson. So okay. I work in the sales force with all guys. Just me and guys. So She could sell water to a fish. Yeah. She could sell anything to anybody. Well, that's what my dad said. That's why he wanted me to come work for him. It's true. But, you know, think about it. I'm, I'm working with a bunch of guys and the, the customers are guys. Like we're selling produce all over the country, right? But I would leave at lunchtime and I would run to the track <laughs> and I would place the bets and then I would come back and check the tickets at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. My dad finds out that I'm doing this Mm. and he goes down to the track because my husband says she's never at home with our daughter. She's (sighs) at the track all the time. My tattletale husband. To your Italian father. To my Italian father. Right. Mm. Traditional. Yes. Very traditional. Like old school. Like you stay married to your dead. You know, (laughs) that type of old school. Yeah. And if not, I'll kill you. That's the kind of conversation we have. Yeah. <clears throat> so and what does your dad do at the track? Oh, my God. He comes to the track. He walks in. He finds me, grabs me by the arm. <laughs> he pulls me outside, and he proceeds to yell at me and scream at me about the degenerates that are in there and how dare you be hanging out with such crazy, degenerate people. Oh, this is really beautiful. And all the people at the at the wagery place have their hands on the windows and are watching this. Like, right. And I'm just like so embarrassed. He goes, if I ever see that your car is down here again and I'm going to make sure that I know and you're going to be followed if I see that this car is here again, you're going to be in trouble. You know? And I basically, you know, what did I do? Did I stop going? Did you? Did I stop going? Did you? No. You did didn't? Not. No. Even you know what I did? That, what did you do? I parked two blocks away. Yeah, right. <laughs> Never saw that car, car again. Yeah. Never saw the car there. Yeah. Never saw the car. So, so yeah. So how does that? So how does that tie up then to uh, getting cash back for returning the false Persian? So rug I, I, I return the rug and yeah. I get into a bind with the gambling, right? And I'm like, oh my god, what am I going to do? I've now maxed out all of our credit cards and my husband doesn't know and by the way i am because he's an attorney and does pretty well i've now um gotten new credit cards that he doesn't even know about and forged his name on it so now i'm like yeah now i've got like the discover card and i've got 20 grand because our you know, we made good money, so I was able to get 20, oh, 20 grand. Oh, he had great credit. Yeah, you guys we, had great credit. We, right. I got 20 grand on one card and 20 grand on another card. You know, And I, I maxed it. them out, and like I was like frigging, oh my God, what am I going to do? Right. The only thing how that I could do. How much do you think you had maxed out all in total? Oh. Like, how much was it? I mean, at that time, it was probably like 80 or 90 grand. <laughs> Yeah. I love it. You're committed. It doesn't committed. matter what you're going to nope. do. You're like, fuck it. I'm going to forge names and open up these fucking things. It's and go all the I'm way. on meth at the time, too. So that oh, didn't that help. That you know? Right. So at nighttime, I'm home and I'm riding on the Stairmaster <laughs> till all times of night. You know, like literally, got to be thin, you right. know, riding the Stairmaster, cleaning the bathroom. Like, he has no clue. Like, what What's is he doing? Stunad, you know, yeah, which is, is he stupid. What's he doing? He's yeah, been- sleeping. Hmm. He's like 10, what he's he, 11 years older than I am. He's asleep. What did he think? That you just had a lot of energy? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Because I've always had a lot. I mean, I have a lot of energy now. So right. people looking at me would go, oh my God, you want drugs? I think the meth uh, actually brought me down a notch. And so, you does know. Does that make sense to you, Steve? Yeah. The, the meth yeah. does smell a meth. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. When you have yeah. ADD. Yeah. When you have ADD. Yeah. It, it works because heroin would speed me up. Mm, see, you have that same thing. I, I never did heroin, Steve, but I did meth and coke were the only two drugs that I did because I, I don't know, I was scared of the others. And it, when I smoked weed, I smoked weed a couple times, and all I did was pass out at a party. I'm right. like, what's yeah, the that, point of that? that? What's the point? I've got right. things to do. I've got. What, hey, what is it? You gotta fight it. You gotta, you gotta fight, fight. it. Well, that doesn't sound like fun. What the hell are you doing? Well, tequila, our camera guys, Tequila Sunrise is down here, and he's saying you gotta fight past that pass out point. Yeah. But Snoop Dogg never talks about the pass out point, he uh-uh. never mentions that. Yeah, man, he was born past. And now it. they have so many different strains that you find whatever. Yeah, you, you don't know. even get tired. They got yeah. weed that gets you pumped up. Yeah, yeah. dude, that's dude. That's why I, I don't. I even when I was out there, I didn't really smoke that much weed because I would just get eat. I, we no, would eat. I, I would eat, but I'd also get very introspective. I'd start thinking about, wow, dude, oh, yeah. what kind of a loser are you? You're sitting around with yeah. loser people smoking loser weed, doing nothing, and then I, I'd bum out and I'd be like, I gotta get out of here. Can I stop doing this? <laughs> so you're on. On the treadmill, you got meth, you yep, got, got an $80,000, $90,000 credit card bill, your old man not husband is sleeping in bed thinking he's got the most energetic wife in the world, and what happens? Well, and I'll mention this because this is just part of my story. Yeah. I started having an affair at work, so I had like all this different <laughs> stuff going on, nice, nice. <laughs> you know, with my he- my dad's like head farmer, you know, uh-huh. of his company, you know. <laughs> How does that start? Like you guys are out by the grapes and he's yeah. like, you know. Well, you know what it was is my dad. How do you I have an affair with a head farmer? I'll tell you right now. So I, I love my dad. I have so much. You know how much I respect yeah, my father. Man. He's a great man. He's a great man. I've always wanted to have a deep relationship with him and he's not a he's not that person you know he doesn't have emotional um relationships with his daughters i have three uh, there's three girls three of us and he just never was that father and i've always been searching for somebody that would teach me what he knew kind of thing and he doesn't do that and so i found a guy at work a substitute a, a substitute that he was older than me too but he also loved the sports like i play volleyball i'm a sports person Right. And we would go out and we would be on an intramural at nighttime. I would play intramural uh, volleyball with him. And then we'd go out drinking at the at, at the bar. You know, of course, we're, you know, got a drink at the bar. And then after that, one thing started leading to another. And it started a three-year um, Would you guys affair. go? Would you guys go to like a, a hotel? Or how did you... Or yeah. in his office? Yeah, or no, like out office, in the office, out in the field, all of did it. You, you slept with him out in the field? Yeah. Get the fuck out yeah. of here. Of course Real. they did. He's a farmer. He's I a farmer. know, but he's yeah. out on some uh, iceberg lettuce <laughs> and make it out. <laughs> corn. Move <laughs> yeah. the corn down. Yeah. Lay right. on the corn. Okay. Yeah. I just can't even imagine that. Yeah. yeah. So I had this, I had all this like shame too that was that was you feeding were doing all this everything. Stuff. I was doing everything. I was doing everything that was not right, you know? Right. And then I had this little girl at home that I could not stand my husband. My husband drove me crazy. What, so, what, what about him drove you nuts? You know, he was like a dad. He was like my father. He was exactly <laughs> like my father. He would call my dad and mother and tell them, tell like tattletale on me when he couldn't control me. And so I lost all respect for him. Right. I was like, you are going to call my dad. And mom, and tell them to control your wife? Like, who the hell are you? Like, I had no respect like for Like, he had no balls. No balls whatsoever. Yeah, that makes sense to me what yeah. you're saying. It's like one thing to control your wife and be an asshole about it. It's a whole other thing. If you can't do it, then you call her mom and dad. Yeah. yeah. That's a punk move, right? Yeah. 
That's a bitch ass. But I, but underneath it all, there was all this shame and guilt. And, you know, I knew I was doing the wrong things and it just fed that addiction that much stronger. And it was like this whirlwind of stuff. I couldn't put enough things in my body to make myself feel good about myself because of what I was doing. I knew I was wrong. So I started. Uh, so when I went to the Costco and they gave me all that money back and I was in this hole with the credit card. You know, and I knew that Discover in the day, and I don't know if they do this now, but Discover, when they first came out, now this is in the 90s, you could go to Sears, you could write a check for the balance of whatever it was on the card, and they would reload the card. So so I was like, okay, how am I going to get some money in the bank to write the check so they'll clear the money so I can start this process and win back all my money? My intention was not to defraud anybody. My intention was to win back the money that I lost. Genius concept. Right? It was just crazy. <laughs> so when I went to Costco and I saw all these carpets there, like they, I saw the tickets and the tickets were like for 1800 bucks. And so I was like, hmm, hmm. And I don't know where I come up with these things. I really don't. I'm not a criminal. I didn't grow up that way. <laughs> the, pri- the price tag on the carpets in Costco were around $1,800. $1,800. Okay, gotcha. So I would I went in there when I got into trouble, and I took about 15 tags. I just took them off the carpets. I was taking them off the carpets. Then I went to Staples, and I bought a tagging gun. Right. Yeah. And then I went to Ross, and I bought a t- uh-huh. <laughs> carpet with the same dimensions. <laughs> right. This is genius <laughs> shit, man. This is the best shit ever. <laughs> I went to Ross and TJ Maxx. And were I, they rolled up in the plastic and stuff? Were they all no, like that? No, these were all like carpets that were laid out. And I bought carpets that had the same dimensions. So if it was a six by 10 or whatever those were, yeah, I would look for the six by 10s. I'd buy it at Ross for 130 No, 130 bucks. It would be a nice or Home Depot. I'd go and bet, get one for 150 there. Yeah. I'd tag it. Take it back. Now, I had to make sure the roadshow wasn't at that Costco. So I had a list of every Costco up and down Southern California, Northern California. I then needed, like, I was like, okay, I can't do this too many times on my card. So I went and I took my sister's cards, my mom's cards. My like, Are you I, listening to this? I took Great, everybody's man. cards That's I knew. Great. Like, even my friends, when we were out drinking, I would lift their license. I would go into Costco. They would take... You know, they would take a picture. I would open up an account or say I'd, for, I'd lost the, my card and they would take a picture and give me the new Costco card with my picture on it because I didn't want anybody to get in trouble, right. including myself. Right. So I would rotate people that was bringing back the carpets. How you're not running a bank right now, I have no idea because this is genius. Yeah. Are you listening to me? She's, she's even so smart, Steve, that she didn't buy the cheapest carpet. She bought. She was like, you know what? I should buy like 130, 150. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right dimensions. Some yep. some criminal minds would say to their their math teacher, "What do I need to know math for?" But not you. You said, you know what? I need to know six by ten, eight by thirteen. Yeah, eight in by order to pull yep, this off. eight by ten. Yep, exactly. So I would go in, and I sometimes I would hit five or six Costco's in one day. Like I would literally go up north and I would like hit Danville. I mean, I'd be, and then I'd be stopping at casinos, all the, <laughs> all the, all of Chumahan's casinos, hey, yeah, yeah, all the Indian casinos I could find. And I would go from one to the next. I'd go to Fresno. I'd go to Reedley. I'd go to all the different casinos that I could find. And I would, then I would, sometimes I'd, I'd do that three times in one day and blow all that money at the casinos and then I'd have to restart again the next day. 
So then I would go down north and then I would like, you know, it was before you had to have a receipt to bring anything back to Costco. Right. As long right. as it had a, right. a, a Costco ID, scan it, they could scan it, you were good to go. And now listen, Costco thought there was a 14-man team that was <laughs> ripping right. them off. No, what happened was, so I'm doing this so many times and I'm not sleeping, by the way. And by the way, can I just tell you that yeah. I, at this time, I don't have a driver's license because I've gotten two DUIs. And I'm now in my boyfriend at the time because I'm now divorced. I'm because this has gone on for so long. <laughs> I'm in my boyfriend's car. By the way, he was out of town and Ira? he knows Is me. This no, this is Donnie. Oh. He, t- he knows me. So he takes the keys and he goes with his buddies out of town. And I call a friend of mine and I'm like, he thinks I'm so stupid. And <laughs> so, <laughs> you got keys, yeah, right? no, 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 I did those later, but no, I basically had a friend of mine come to the house. Now I used to date and be engaged to a used car dealer. <laughs> so he, he took his keys, but I had her take, no, no, no. He didn't take the keys. He did take the keys, but you know what else he took? He took the fuse. He thought that was going to defuse me. You see what I'm saying? So the car wouldn't but, turn over. Yeah, so I called my friend and I'm like, can you take me to the auto parts store? And he left the keys in the house knowing he took the fuse. That's what it was. He took there the keys. Go. Yeah, he left the keys. He's like, oh, I'll take the fuse. She can't go anywhere. She won't know what happened. So the next thing I know is I'm driving the car up by the Tulare area. Now, I have done so many drivings up and down California that I have no idea where I'm at. I'm so exhausted. I pulled <laughs> off the side of the street on a highway in Tulare. Tulare. Yeah, I know. Where all the prisons are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Corcoran. Well, I'd go yeah, to that, yeah, not yeah, go to yeah. that casino all the time, right? Yeah, in Hanford. Yeah. So I literally, <laughs> I literally, yeah, I literally had um, Mike, I, Mike's, hard Michael, Mike's, you know, because I lemonade. You get thirsty when you're doing a lot of math, yes. you know? Right. You gotta so got to drink hard Mike's hard lemonade. Mike's lemonade. Yeah. So I'm literally passed out on the side of the road, right? <laughs> all of a sudden I hear, Someone knocking on knocking the window. Knocking on the window. It's cop, right? Yeah. Can't be passed out on the side of the freeway. I didn't know that. I, I was like, It was okay. a free country. What the fuck? Yeah, you like I, you would think that if I'm tired <laughs> and I can't move, like you, you wouldn't want me on the road, but hey, you know, so he gets into my, he's like, hello, how are you? And I'm like, fine. Now, I, at this point, don't have my own driver's license, so I've stolen my sister's. So I'm now Vincenza Eddie, which is my sister. Do so, you guys look alike? No, but I don't have to because I went to the DMV and just got my own picture on the her ID. Mm. See what I mean? Mm-hmm. The genius. Yeah, but the problem with that is, yeah, and well, I'll show you how the genius going to bite you in the ass in the end. Go ahead. So, <clears throat> and that was another reason why I got her ID because I was gambling, and my dad had bought my hus- my my daughter and I a house to live in, so we wouldn't be homeless. But he wouldn't put it in my name because of my gambling problem, so he put it in my sister's name. So I was getting all these refis in the oh, mail. <laughs> so wow. I got her ID <laughs> thinking that I'm just going to have a little money, extra money. Yeah, 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 yeah. And refi some shit, you know, <laughs> and so it didn't work out so well. So anyway, yeah. lots of things like that that I did. I so, just, but what, I what, so how did they nab you? What did the cop do? <clears throat> so he goes, he asked me some questions and he sees the bottle of, of Mike's Heart empty bikes, you lemonade. know, and he's like, hey, um, how are you? And I'm like, uh, I'm really tired. And he's like, well, whose <laughs> bottles of, of, and I was like, you know what? They were my friends. My friend was in the car earlier and those were hers. And he's like, really? He goes, do you have some ID please? 
So I pull out Vincenzo's yeah, ID. Your sister. Which looks like me, so it's my picture. And he goes, give me a minute. So he goes and he runs the ID. Yeah. And it comes back, a.k.a. Conchetta Bruce, because I did my thumbprint. And you can't, when the scanners, they're scanning it, and it's like, huh, the guy's scratching his head. He has no idea what's going on. He's like, that's so weird. Like, I don't understand. So he calls for backup. So you know how you're, when you're on the side of the road and you're in trouble and you see somebody and you go, wow, those people really must have done something wrong because now the cop cars are stacking behind them. Right, backup. Backup. So now I've got a backup. Then he asked me, he's like, can you get out of the car, please? And I'm like, sure. So I get out of the car, and none of my stories making making is making sense like i'm babbling i'm so exhausted i've been on a run for five days no sleep i can't even make the story make sense so he's he's basically like okay we need more backup so more backup comes. (laughs) literally there's four cars by the time we're done for like a 120 pound woman for 120 pound woman and he they start going through my car and they're like why do you have so many costco things (laughs) And then they go through the, the, the console of my car and I have all these different Costco cards right. with all these different people's names, but right. it's all got my picture. Right. They're like, what is going on? And I literally knew that I couldn't keep this straight anymore. I was like losing it. I was like, ah, ah, Anyway, they end up hauling me in and they sit me in a long table with like five cops, five sheriff's office officers. They arrest me. Oh, they call my friend, Michelle. And they go, by the way, do you know a Vincenza Eddie? And they're like, she's like, yeah, that's my best friend's sister. Oh, and no. they're like, well, why would she have your ID? And she's like, you know what? I bet you that's not my, my best friend's sister. I bet you that's my best friend. So uh, they started. Sounds like Conchetta. So, yep. So they started unwinding it all. So then they haul me in. And, you know, they give me bail by the time, but I bailed myself out because I had so much money on me from the <laughs> casino to go into the casinos that I literally had them at a table and they're like, so tell me what's going on. And I'm like, I have a bad gambling problem. And I, cause I had all these, I had all these IRS bills that I had won at the casinos. I won like 25 grand. I won 50 grand in one night. And I, and I had all these stacks of IRS bills, you right. know, like from the casinos when you win. Yeah. But I used Vincenza's name and my my social and her social and my ID so I wouldn't get have to pay taxes. So I, I was doing <laughs> I was doing tax fraud too. So not only did I defraud the DMV, defraud the IRS, like I I was just incredibly, you know, I was doing this. So I told them what I was doing. I said, here's what's going on. You just confess. I confess. I confess. And they are like sitting there with their, uh, literally their mouths were open. They were right. like. You impressed them. Oh my God. You should write a book. Right. No, don't do it because like you'll give too many people ideas. And I'm like, I don't even know how I came up with these ideas. I really don't. I have no clue how this. You all- have a devious. I'm going to tell you the truth and I'm going to say it straight to your face. You have a devious mind. You have a devious mind. It's not evil. I know. But you have a devious mind. Yeah, I know. And I think it comes from my childhood of not, you know, when I was young, I would cheat on in school because I had a learning disability and I learned how to navigate by being dishonest and cheat and just navigate that. How you would know? you, what was the greatest cheating caper you ever did? Oh, I just, uh, one time I literally put, took somebody's test and 
crossed her name. I collected all the papers and I crossed her name off of it. I put my name on it. That wasn't very smart, though. They know. Like, hello, the straight A girl. You took the straight A girl's paper. Oh, my God. Conchetta got 100% this week. That Terrible. Terrible. That was like when I was young. Like, that was like when in fourth grade. So, I mean, this is kind of behavior had been going on for a long time. Right. So, essentially, what you're saying is, is that. You were cheating from an early age and you failed a couple times, but learned your lesson, kept going past it and learned how to be better and better and better at a devious mind. And eventually you became so successful that eventually, even though they arrested you, seven cops gave you advice that you should publish a book. (laughs) Yeah. And they they literally I got out. I got out. They impounded the car because obviously it was my boyfriend's car and I didn't have a driver's license. Right. And what they did was they put out a thing to Costco, all the Costcos, and they said, has this happened in your store? Right. Oh. And so my, we get a court date, and I'm, I'm now in treatment. So anytime I would get into trouble, my parents would throw me in treatment, you know? Of course. Is it, the attorneys would say, send her to treatment. We'll work around her addiction. She's an addict. She has a sure. problem. Right. Like, this will happen. So now I'm in Oxnard at the time because I had an eating disorder as well. So I was in an eating disorder treatment center. And my dad comes to pick me up and take me to Malibu for my, for my court case. And What's it like riding with your dad? Uh, boy, tough. Because he doesn't, he doesn't talk anyway. So now it's like really like making small talk. It's like, hi, how are you? You know, blah, blah, blah. And your dad is just like... You've met my dad how many times? You know how my dad is. I know how he is, but I've never been in the situation you've been in. Have him come pick me up and I have to sit there for that ride and be like... And your dad's like... It was terrible. I put my (laughs) dad through a lot. But we get there to Malibu and we go to court. And the, the attorney that they hire come out and they say, okay, look, they're willing to give her probation and um, you get to pay restitution. And so he's like, well, what's the restitution? They're, they're like $1,800. And I'm like, oh my God, they only got me for one? And he's like, shut up. Your dad <laughs> you know? said that. Yeah, he's like, shut up. Because I had done that. I had done that 50 something times, like 50, 60 times. Like, I mean. Think about that. 60 times times 1,800 is over $100,000. Yeah. So. You know, it was like, and then, you know, that ended, the reason I ended up there in Malibu in treatment was because I had that court case and I was on probation. And what I would do is if I was in probation in one city, I would move cities. (laughs) Like, it's like, okay, the heat is here. And in those days, now they do things much differently. In those days, they didn't check all the different jurisdictions. Yeah, you know know what I mean? They didn't have a file, like you couldn't, they didn't have that where they would send out a, a, you know, hey, is this person been in trouble in your county or whatever? Right. They didn't communicate as much. They didn't communicate as much. Now you could not get away with any of that. You know? Right. But in those days, I, I could. Right. So I would get, in, I would get arrested in, in Kings County, you know, at the casino there. Dropped a little meth accidentally. <laughs> in the parking lot yeah. smoking right. in front of them. Yeah. You know, those types of things. And... um. And so I got arrested in Kings County, in Kern County, in Santa Barbara County, San Luis Obispo County, um, Malibu County. So I'm going back. I'm literally living in, in San Luis Obispo County at the time. And I'm going to, to court in Malibu every six months just for a check-in. And they would say, how is everything? I'd literally be getting high the entire way up there. <laughs> Everything's great, Judge. You know, And 
okay, you see how I dress. I would right. dress like this and right. I would look respectful and, you know. And, and you're I, a woman. And I'm a woman. Steve, and Steve, could you get away with that? Nope. Yeah. Nope. nope. Yeah. Nope. Shit, I would. <laughs> Sunrise wouldn't get away with that. No, but I would literally, they would look at me and then they would look at all the charges and they would go, huh? Like they would scratch their head. Like right. Kind of like those cops did when they were sitting right. there. You know, and that's how I got away with the Costco things because I would go very dressed up and I'd have my big diamond ring on and my nice Gucci purse and I would drive up, drive to the front of the store with my Mercedes and drop the rug off. You know, it was like they were just nobody even paid attention. You know what's interesting about that, Steve? We were just talking to Romina and uh, Ale about the fact that some people, though, they seem like they're wearing the nice clothes and they're doing all this other stuff. They might be in as much pain and as much anxiety and as much trouble as someone who's not doing all that stuff. And this, yes. and, and is an example of that where she's yes. got, how many plates do you have spinning in order to keep this oh, shit together? so many, right. so many, you know, and, you know, there was just so many more things. I mean, it was like I would. And so then you just, and so, okay, so that all I settled. constantly would be getting in trouble for stealing because I was trying to feed my addictions. It wasn't even my meth addiction that it was causing me to steal. Right. I could afford the meth addiction. I couldn't afford the gambling, the gambling at the at the degree that I was doing. What is, so at, mm. at the highest point, at the worst point, yeah. what did the gambling get to? Like what like did you ever like what's like what was the craziest gambling story? Well, I mean, I told you I won 55,000 in one day and I and I literally spent it in 4 days. 55,000? Yeah. 55,000 in one day. Yeah. And then let me ask you this. Okay. So all that settles down a little bit. Yeah. Right? And you're in Malibu. Yeah. Well, I go to, I go to, yeah, I go to, I go to um, court. I go to court again. Okay. And the judge says, hey, do you want to get off probation? You've been doing so well. <laughs> now, this judge was Judge Myra. Do you know who Judge Myra is? He's the same guy that sentenced Robert Downey Jr. All and right. kept giving him chances and chances. He's After also, he like got drunk and was in someone He's also in recovery. Else. Yeah, he's yeah, also yeah. in recovery. So he right. had a heart for people in recovery. So he kept giving me, you know, like chances. Chances. Right? <clears throat> so I go up and he's like, would you like to get off of probation early? You, you've seen like you've been doing really great. And I'm like, awesome. And he's like, how about your, the next time you come is on your birthday? How about if we do that? And I'm like, perfect. So I'm standing there in front of the courtroom and they decide that they need to, in order to let me off probation early, they have to run a run a sheet in all the counties. Ugh. Oh, you want to say, oh, came back that I had been arrested 10 more times. <laughs> and yeah, he like literally lost his sh shit, you know. Nice Judge Myra nice who Judge gave Myra. Robert Downey Jr. plenty of chances, even Tons. when he got drunk and yep. woke up in other people's beds, beds. right? Yep, yep. Conchetta is the one person that pissed that judge off. Yeah, it was like, and you know, of course, I'm like, look, I need to go to treatment again, obviously. And I had told my parents that I hadn't even, I stopped telling my parents that I got arrested because after time three, they were like, don't ever call us from a jail cell again, right? right. That type of thing. Right. <clears throat> so I stopped calling them and I just figured shit out myself. Right. You know, I never did any time. The most I did was like 30 days in jail. But I would always manage to get myself out, fall in love with a guy, the crossdresser that got me out of jail. <laughs> Remember, I told you that story about. I don't him. think so. Oh my Why god! You fell in love with a crossdresser. Oh my god! And got out of jail. I literally went to. I was working in Pismo. This is kind of all ties in together. I was working in Pismo, and I was 
I went to go for a job interview and the guy owned a, he owned a liquor store, meat store, and it was, uh, you know, it was a liquor and meat store. And so we, he was a butcher, butcher, you know, and he would have the food in the case, you know, and I love to cook. Right. So I went in there and I needed a job and I was like, Hey, um, do you have any openings? He's like, why don't you cook something for me? So I cooked something for him. He fell in love with my food and he hired me on the spot. And she cooks amazing Italian food. Yeah. Fresh, so, big. She can, can fucking cook for a, a fucking army. Yeah. So uh, I was cooking in this deli. It was called um, Culinary Spirits in Pismo. So I was living in Pismo now and I'm cooking and I'm never sitting down. Right. Like never sitting down. I'm right. washing the dishes. I'm doing all the things. I'm like, and he's like, hey, Conchetta, like my third day. He's like, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go take a drug test. I was like, huh? And he's like, yeah, it's part of our hire. Like, he knew. He knew. He could tell. No he one could, works that hard. He could tell. He's like, and I go, okay, when would you like me to do that? And he's like, now. And I was like, oh, okay. So I start like going out the door and he's like, gotcha. He goes, a fellow meth head knows a meth head. Like, I know you. <laughs> so he literally, I had, I had the perfect job. Like I had a boss that was getting high. We were getting high together. He was married. Right. And he had all the booze because it was a liquor store. We had all the booze we wanted. We had all the meth we wanted. And we had all the cash we wanted. Like, I'm like, this is awesome. Like, you finally arrived. Like, and I was dating Ira at the time. Right. Right? right. Dating Ira at the time. And Ira had set. no job. And I'm like, dude, you've got to get something going on. And he's like, <laughs> he's like dealing. He's like dealing out of the house that my parents are paying for. Oh, my God. And I'm like, you oh cannot deal in my house. If you're dad. I'm on probation. He's the, and he's the nice one. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's the one they like. Yeah. Right? He's the one that they're like, oh, this guy will never do anything wrong. And he's dealing out of the house that they're paying dealing for. Dealing out of the house. So I would, I would hear from my neighbors like, Ira's dealing out of your house. You're going to get into trouble. And so I would come home and rip him and like all this stuff and listen then, listen ira yeah. you need to get a real job where you could smoke meth at work That's look at right. what i've done see what i'm doing i'm drinking and smoking at work i'm not taking it to the house you need to be responsible like me and i yeah. met ira because i was in treatment at, <laughs> at i was at treat listen i was at treatment in ojai at the eating disorder clinic and then afterwards they decided to hire me and i was stealing people's credit cards like <laughs> like yeah i mean it was like, you know i mean i was just absolutely that broken like i mean do you understand the level of brokenness that you have to have so when myra gets me up there and i'm now in trouble and i'm like you know i i tell my parents what stopped it for me steve is i went to my parents 50th anniversary my daughter was taken away from me when she was 13. She's now 16. And they would clean me up, bring me home, clean me up, you know, put a new dress on me, do my hair, put some makeup on, and, you know, I'd take family photos, and then they'd send me back in a car, you know? That's what they would do when I was living Persona in non gratis. Yeah, yeah, literally. Like, clean it up, clean it up. Like, you know, we won't really acknowledge it. But when I got to the house and I saw my daughter, and at the... I'd seen her over the years. It wasn't that I'd never saw her, but I really saw her. Like it was a, it was a moment of clarity. And I was like, oh my gosh, this woman is a, is a, she's a woman now. Right. And so <clears throat> she says, why are you crying? And I said, cause you're a beautiful young woman and I have nothing to do with it. Like uh, unbelievable. And I just start bawling and she's like, well, mom, if you would get your shit together, we could be a family. And I go, I don't know how to do that. It was the first moment I decided to be honest because I, uh, I was shucking and jiving all the time. I was never getting high. 
My parents right. would, you know, come over with a drug test and I would have some little girl's pee from next door. Right. You know, like I would figure out how to, I mean, I was always doing the wrong thing, never honest. Right. And I was just honest. And I said, I don't know how to do that. I said, I'm still using drugs and I don't know how to do that. And so what my did parents, it feel like to actually be that honest with your daughter? Like, how does it feel to have that role reversal? I mean, that's a role reversal in a sense. Yeah. You, I you're, mean, ta- you're, you're actually confessing the truth to your daughter and she's younger than you. Yeah. How does that feel? <clears throat> you know, at the time, I was just so broken. I was so tired. You know, I was 41 years old and I was like, this is never going to end. Like I had tried to kill, kill myself three times really seriously. You know about that one. I drove my car off a cliff. I tried pills. I tried ending my life so many times and that didn't work. So I was in this weird space of I can't live and I can't die. And I'm never, ever going to get sober. Like how is this ever going to be different? So it was just that moment of clarity that really kind of shifted for me. And so my parents... <clears throat> after the after the next day, they had like a brunch or whatever, and my cousins were all there, and they were like, "Oh my God, aren't you so excited that you're going to you're going to Hawaii for Christmas?" And I look at my mom, and I'm like, "We're going to Hawaii for Christmas," and she looks at me, and she goes, "We're all going to Hawaii, and you're not invited." And it was the first time I was never included, like I wasn't going to be with my family for a holiday, so like. I was never really there anyway, you know, but I wasn't going to be physically there. And so I wasn't going to spend Christmas with my daughter, you know, or my family. And so I was like, oh, my God. She goes, but if you want to go to treatment one more time, this will be the last time and we'll pay for it. So pick wisely. So I was like, "Okay, pick wisely. AA doesn't work for me. I'm going to like literally figure out another option. So I start looking at non-AA programs. Because I thought I was constitutionally incapable. I really did. I did not believe if everything I needed was in that big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, then I was in trouble because I can't read it. And I can't comprehend it. So that was the story. And so when I was going, when I was looking online, my mom's like, go to Betty Ford. You can stay there for three, four, five months. You know, your, your, your cousin got sober there. And I called, I called Betty Ford, and they wouldn't take me because of my past eating disorder, even though it wasn't active at the time. They said, no, I, we, we don't do that. And so I was like, okay. So then I, call, I thought I was calling Promises, but I called Passages. Right. And it was during the, you know, Lindsay Lohan and that whole spiel. Right. And so I end up at Passages. Like, I end up at Passages, and my parents are like... Which, which Passages is... A very high end. Oh, extremely. Non 12 step. In fact, who's the owner? What's his name? Chris Prentice. Chris Prentice has a book called The Alcohol Cure. Yeah, the and cure. And it's based on not the 12 steps, but in a weird way, it still talks about everything that it's, it's not called the 12 he's steps. Gen- but- he's genius because what he's done is he basically reframes it for the people that don't want to hear that they're an alcoholic for the rest of their life. Right. right? So right. it's the he, same shit, just same worded, shit. worded differently. He's not saying that you can drink now. We're going to cure you and you can drink. He's saying, no, you can't ever drink. Why would you want to drink? Because it's basically, basically ethanol that they, you put in your gas tank. Why right. would you want that in your right. body? And his, and his saying is I'm a perfect being in a perfect universe where everything happens to me, benefits me completely. If you allow the lesson to come in. And he gets, and he's made so much money off that approach. Yeah. And I don't know how many people he's helped. 
But he's made so much money off that approach that, I mean, that he owns property in Hawaii and shit like that. Yeah. I mean, he, like, he, you know, it was like I was there with, you know, celebrities and very wealthy people. And of course, that wasn't me. But, and of, of course, my sisters hated me for it. They're like, she went to this place. You sent her to a spa where she's getting massages and right. all this stuff, you know. And for me, I knew that this was my last treatment center. And I knew that I needed to figure out what the causes and what the cause was, why I was doing this, what, what the problems were. And I knew I wasn't going to get that in a, in a treatment center where all they did was do groups all day. I knew I needed individual help. And so with their program, you got like six hours of one-on-one therapy a day. Like it was like really So what intense. was the breakthrough there? The single breakthrough? <clears throat> and also, just so Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds are listening, you do eventually go back to 12-step because you're like, I got to do that. Absolutely. Okay. So at yeah. this place, what was the breakthrough there that got you to be open to change? Well, the breakthrough was I never, ever wanted to not be without alcohol. I wanted to always be able to drink. You know, I, I really believed that I wasn't an alcoholic and that if I could just get the drug thing and the gambling thing, the things that caused me to, to break the law, right. then I would be okay. And I wasn't willing to really even, even when I was there, it was two weeks before I realized that I was absolutely an alcoholic. Right. It was like uh, the, the, the margarine, da, 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 dum, you're the problem. First of all, I started taking personal responsibility. For my actions, I re- I realized that um, in all the in all these different dynamics that I was the problem because what would happen was every time I would have a breakdown or a breakup with a boyfriend and they hurt my feelings and they hurt me emotionally, I would then turn that inward and I would destroy my life. Right. So boyfriends would cheat on me. Great, I'm going to get arrested ten times. You know, I mean, it would it, it wasn't obviously, you know in a thoughtful way, but it was that underlying message that I would give myself. Like, I'm going to show you how bad I am. Like, of right. course you left me because I am a piece of crap. Like, you know, I'm a piece of shit. Right. <clears throat> and so, yeah. So and when I went to passages, wait, 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 yeah. wait a second. So <clears throat> you would get this invalidation, this rejection, this disapproval from your boyfriend or man in your life. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And are you saying that then you would punish yourself because once again, you are unacceptable? Yeah. Once again, you are not approved. And so where do you think that starts? Where does that start in your <clears throat> life that you realize, fuck, I'm not good enough? When I was in school, when I was a learning disability, like I traced it back to that. Like the stories that I created for myself with a learning disability was that I was stupid and I was never, ever going to be good enough. Did your parents give you validation? They did in their, in their way. Like, they, oh, I always felt loved by them, but I also always felt judged by them. So it was that two, the, the, you know, two-edged sword, right? You tell me you love me, and I see that you love me because you throw money at me all the, all the time to fix me. Right. But you don't actually ask me what it is that I want. Right. You don't actually invite me in to the solution of what I should do. Right. So you're just throwing money at me, you know, again, throwing money at me. And they and they they didn't know any better. They really didn't. Have you broken through that now? Like, do you feel at this time where you're at? Have you broken through this distance they created between you and them with money? 
Uh, I mean, I, I got to be transparent and not at this moment. Like right. not at this moment. There's, There's still a distance maintained and it's yeah. this money thing. Well, yeah. I mean, to them, I'm broken, right? They don't see the victory. They see the victim and they see the, the, the you know, I'm weak. I'm not. You know, they they look down. Unfortunately, I I mean, I'm completely honest, and yeah. you know this about me, Chumahan. I work in recovery, and they've never ever seen that as something great. Do you, Steve, does that sound weak to you? Does what you've heard from Conchetta up to this point sound weak to you at all? What does not, it sound not like? One bit. What does sounds it sound brave. like? Brave. Sounds legit. Sounds like a CEO. Sounds yeah. like a CEO. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it almost, just, you know, when I'm listening to you, Conchetta, and I'm listening to what you're using doing. Using every leverage point possible. Right. And I'm also starting to think, like, you know, if there's just some way to just twist the frame a little bit, then all of those skills and all those ways that you think could actually be put to good use. But it would really require self-esteem on your part. Yeah. Well, and I have found self-esteem in things and people, right? So I didn't have that for myself. Right. Right? I mean, I'll be honest with you. It's a work. It's pro- It's a process for sure. You don't gain, es- you know, listen, when I got sober at Passages and I went back to court, yeah, um, it was the first time that I was willing to basically take responsibility for the actions that I had done. Right. So when I, I remember going to court, I was um, I was at passages for sixty days. Yeah, Chris Prentice came to court with me, the right. owner the of the owner, treatment center. Owner of passages. Center. Yep, owner of passages. And um, they asked him a question like, "Do you think that she belongs in prison?" And she, he said, "I do not. I don't think that she belongs in prison because I don't think that she would get better in prison." Right. And what we've been doing with her is we've been she's been getting better. Right. And so I knew and I told my parents at the time, I knew that um, I'd been lying to them my entire life, like at every level, everything, because I didn't want to disappoint them. And I hated I hated to have controversy. I would rather say, yes, I'm going to do this and then turn around and do the thing I wanted to do than get in a disagreement with people like I'm a I, I have a the inability to have an honest relationship with you because you're going to, you're not going to like me. It's so, so crazy because the way that I know you is, is totally controversial, right? You're a very controversial person. Yeah. Your positions on things are controversial and you have no, you and I have had plenty of arguments, right? Where you've got one position, I've got one position and nobody's backing down. Stalemate. Yep. Exactly. Right. So I've never, I've never <clears throat> known you to be avoiding conflict, but maybe it's only with family. It's with family. Because I have always been seeking them or trying to seek their approval. When, Conchetta, are you going to be able to not ever care if they approve of you or not? Well, I'm getting there. You know, it's got to be God. It's got to be God, right? It's got to be my center had to shift. So, you know, I'll just kind of finish up that story because I don't want to leave it where I left it, where I went back to court ready to take personal responsibility for the actions that I had created. And I told my parents, I said, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm probably going to go to prison for three years because it was a three, it was basically a three year sentence. They said, yeah, we'll let you go to treatment. But when you come back, you're going to do time. And so when I came back, the, let me tell you, the district attorney was gun gunning for me so bad. 
Oh, he hated me. He was arguing, there is treatment in prison, judge. There is no reason she gets to go to a, 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 a treatment center. This is bullshit, you know, yeah. and all this stuff. So he's fighting. So I go back now, and I'm in front of them, and now they've switched positions. Now Judge Myra is like, you know what? I can't take another chance on you. Like, this, is, this has been going on for too long. And the district attorney said... You know what, Judge? I think we should give her one more chance. So it was like people. We were all like, "What?" Some you kind know? of like God universe shot. It was a God shot. It was God knowing that I had truly shifted the internal dialogue and the and that I was committed because I was committed. I was I was clear that I wasn't going to do anything anymore, and I was clear that I was going to be a reputable person in this world. Right. I, think, I think the the universe gets behind that realigns when there's a real internal shift. You know what I'm, I think it has the power to make other things shift, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It did. I mean, it, it absolutely, it was like, it, I mean, people's jaw dropped, like the district, like my friends that had come to support me from treatment were like, what, yeah, what just happened? I I really, I'm it. a firm believer in even that in like, um, like, like with business, right? Go ahead. Our decision to do something. Yeah. The universe is going to have to. The, the universe is already conspiring to support it. And once we decide, then the universe is just going to get figure out where it needs to be in order for that to happen. And I think that happens inside and internally. I really think that it's all conducted from in here. Yeah. I mean, I, really I, 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 I agree with you, Stephen. I think that for me after that, I went to sober living and I had to clean up my record. Right. I, I was I still had all those probations that I had to go through and walk through and and. Right. I, I was on Prop 36 in two counties, and, and they aligned them, so I could only I only had to do them in Ventura County. But like I had to clean up a lot of stuff, and I was in sober living <clears throat> for about three months. So we basically we're going to go first full circle to where we started this conversation. How does someone with seven months own a treatment own a sober living? I was like Chris Prentice. I told him, you know, he had these bands that he would that you put on your wrist. Because he wanted to, you to snap them to wake, kind of like get you into the present. Al sign shit. Yeah, Al sign yeah. shit. Exactly. She knows, I know Al sign. Yeah, yeah, we know Al. Yeah. For the rest his soul. He's not here yeah. anymore. Yeah. yeah, so he basically wanted to get you present. So he'd, he'd say, anytime you feel like you're drifting or whatever, snap yourself to bring you back to the now. And on the bands, it said, it's perfect on it. As it's perfect. We live in a perfect universe, right? If you choose to look at it that if way. If you choose to look at everything as a lesson, then you learn and you learn from it, then it is a lesson. And if you do not, then you keep learning that lesson over and over again. And I could understand that. Like, this was the first time I was like, wow, I get it. I get that. So when I went to Ojai and I went to Sober Living, which is so bizarre, but anyway, I was living in a Sober Living and my parents were paying a lot of money for at this Sober Living. And I was like man, I could do this a lot better. Like, I have been to seven treatment centers. I know what sober people need. And you could provide it better. I can provide it better. She was in the master's program. I literally was in the master's program. And when I told Chris Prentice, he goes, great. I think that's awesome. And my dad's like, don't be ridiculous. You have to go work in a facility. You don't know anything about doing this. And I'm like, and he's like, and Chris Prentice was like, she knows everything about it. It's been her life. Like, of course she does. Like, she's the perfect person to do it. And she, Did your dad listen to Chris Prentice? No, he didn't. He like, <laughs> you know, my dad had an opinion of me, which is sad. Makes me sad. But I gave him that, that, I gave him that dialogue. 
Like you yeah. showed up. You I disappointed up. him every time. Yeah. yeah, he was trying to help me and save my life, and I would yeah. embarrass him in his yeah. company, having an affair. You know, I kept embarrassing him. Right. Like he, didn't, he, he didn't come up with these ideas out of the blue. No. Okay. Right. But but actually, in a, in another way, though, right? When we were talking about that distance in the family, it yep. sounds like you were trying to get his attention. Yeah. Well. I mean, I got it. He didn't want to have anything to do with me. I mean, when I drove that car off the cliff, <laughs> that was kind of like, you know, he didn't talk to me for an entire year. It was a brand new Mercedes Benz. It wasn't even our car. I was, it was in a loner <laughs> and his best friend owned the Mercedes dealership. Yeah, but you were in such a frame of mind that you were willing to drive off a cliff. Yeah, drive off a 2,700 foot cliff and not get a scratch on me. Like it was like unbelievable. I was like, are you kidding me? And, and you were mad that you didn't die. Of course I was. I dropped 400 feet into like a, a tree that was basically God's hand is the metaphor that I can come up with now because it was literally God holding me and not letting me and going, nope, you don't get to die. I you don't drove it, off a cliff and you, a tree caught you. Caught, tree caught me, suspended me in air. Not one scratch. Not not even a. I couldn't even claim a, a a airbag burn because the car was facing down this way. I was seat belted in, and the and the airbags went straight up. So I couldn't even get burned and be right. and have some sympathy. Right. I was you. like, oh shit, I'm in a lot of trouble now. Yeah. How do you get out of that? Unscathed. Did you climb out? I climbed my way up to the top, and I had done it in front of an officer because I had gotten a DUI or not a DUI. I got an open container on the way up. Yeah, and. I had went to the casino, lost every dime I had. Yeah. My daughter had been taken away from me that same week Kay. and said, I hate you. You know, I want you ruined my life. Right. That's what that's what she told me. So I felt like complete crap about myself. Right. And I was like, I, all I do is hurt people and 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 hurt people and hurt people. Right. And I'm tired of hurting everybody. You know, I'm right. tired of everybody being upset with me. I'm tired of this life. I'm tired of it. And so um, when I did that, I was driving and I was looking, uh, it was up in Porterville. Do you know anything about, you know? yeah. So I was going up that windy up to Spring Spent Valley. a lot of time in the Central Valley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spring Valley, was going up to Spring Valley. And I was, uh, because I'd been up there before and I knew that the, the, the uh, elevation would continue to go up. And I was looking like, uh, it was five o'clock in the morning, lost mm. every dime in my bank account. And I was looking off to see if this would be a good place to go off. Like I was driving really slow and all of a sudden I, I see these lights, these cop lights behind me and I'm like, Oh no, motherfucker. You're not going, you're not going to arrest me. You know, uh, -uh. Mm. we're not going to do this again. So I, I backed it up in front of him and I shot off the hill, the mountain. Yeah. Like Thelma and Louise. Like Thelma and Louise. Yeah. When I went to treatment, my, uh, th it was like, it was this gay guy that owned the treatment center and he's like, Welcome back. I heard you pulled a Thelma and Louise uh, yeah. without the Louise. Yeah. And I was like, yes, thank you. Yeah. You drive, you back up. The cops are like, holy shit. The you drive the off. They all thought I was drunk. I wasn't drunk. I didn't have any drugs in my system. So I wasn't drunk and on drugs. And I was like, no. And the cop's like, well, what seems to be the problem? And I'm like, um, I'm trying to kill myself. My life is shit. Yeah. Hold on a second. What did it feel like when you first went over the cliff? I mean, I thought I didn't have much thought is like, finally, this is going to be over. Right. Like it was a relief. You felt relief. I felt like a, yeah. this was going to be done. Like I'm going to be done. Like it's going to be sad. It's sad that Bianca isn't going to have a mother right. that killed herself. 
I couldn't even get past that. I was like, you know what? But at least my parents wouldn't have to be getting these phone calls every other day. Like, at least they'll be sad, but they're not going to live with this anguish day in, day out. It'll be finality. It'll be finality. Yeah. So, Steve, let me ask you this. You have Mm. a daughter. Mm. And let's say she's struggling in the same way that Conchetta was, right? Mm. Okay. And then let's say that in the same way that Conchetta was, she decides, I'm going to end it. She does. And miraculously... Mm. She comes out of that unscathed. Do you go an entire year not talking to her? Uh, I, me? Yeah, I'm asking I, you. I wouldn't. But I um, am probably a very different person than her dad is. Yeah. How so? Um, is the dad the guy who created the produce company and all that? Yeah. Pretty sharp guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's made some, some smart moves and... Uh, Sounds like you built pretty much a, a, an empire. Right? Yes. Yep. And so that supported you and everybody else. And he's probably the matriarch of the whole deal, right? Yep. Patriarch. Patriarch. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Me and him are two different dudes. Yeah. But so what are you <laughs> saying, though? I don't get that. Is that. I mean, I understand that you just laid out the stats, but what's the theory behind it? What are you saying? <sighs> well, his, her dad, for one, probably didn't suffer with the alcoholism and the depression and the types of things that she went through that if Sophia went through I've gone through you will understand right the other thing is um the other thing is um what I was gonna say was <clears throat> yeah so I come from a different place from that her dad seems um like he has some semblance about him but he may not be the same type of person if he can't under if he's coming from a whole different place a business mind and you know, he's things are in order and he's still trying to help out and make it happen. And she just isn't, you know, not receptive. She just can't pull it off. And he doesn't know what alcoholism then. Then, no, he's, he's not. So if I were her dad, I would probably be the same way. Maybe not talk to you for a year. Maybe that would be. It was like the straw. Yeah. It was the straw. It was kind yeah. of like the straw that broke the case. It was embarrassing again. Again, mm-hmm. I've embarrassed him. You know, my parents are that old school people that basically say, don't go out of the house and embarrass us. We have a name in this town. Right. And we lived in Bakersfield. It was a small town. And so we kept, I kept embarrassing him. I ended up in the paper, arrested. You know, that's embarrassing. You know, my mom is in church every single day, lighting candles, you know, Catholic. And here, you know, it started for me when I was 16. Hold on. Or 14. I get all that. And I understand what you're saying, Steve. So, okay, let's say he's an old school person and he's from mm-hmm. a different whatever. Mm-hmm. And as a result, he doesn't understand it. Yep. Right? He just thinks that you're being weak. Yeah. Right? You're right. just being weak. Yep. Okay. I guess what I'm having a hard, what's bump, what I'm bumping up against is I understand not speaking to you when you go to prison for fucking around again one more time. Why? Be- why, okay. bro? Okay, I'm going to tell you why. Why? Okay. Because I'm not saying I would do that, but I would understand that more because she's still alive. She's still alive to learn a yeah, lesson. Yeah, but she was breaking the law. Yeah, but you know what? She yeah, Okay, she's breaking the law, and she's done it a million times, right? And I got tired of it, <clears> and it keeps getting worse. So then I think now's the time for tough love. Maybe you got, well, you got an opinion about that. What is it? It just sounds like you're always wanting to jump on it just because you're different than how other people are. Like, the dude might have not done nothing wrong. That might have been his best way of loving her and showing her. Dude, 
that trying to get her attention. Well, I, listen, I don't think the guy did I'm, anything wrong. I'm not necessarily saying he did anything wrong, but I'm just saying I'm not being honest if I don't feel like it doesn't take a mental giant, doesn't take a genius. All right, this is just me. That's Chumahan. Steve's okay. not saying it. Kachetta's not saying it. Right. All right. Listen, there's a lot of things that I say. Okay. There's a lot of insights that I have. Some I of them are right. Some of them are wrong. But I'm telling you right now, mm -hmm. when somebody drives off the cliff in a suicide attempt and it's my daughter, even if she's been, listen, uh -huh. and maybe like in a weird fucking sexist way, right? I mm -hmm. might even kind of understand if it's a son. Even then I don't. But let's say I'm like, <sighs> but it's my daughter. She just drove herself off a cliff. She mm -hmm. and that's a real that's not like, oh, I took 10 pills and, and I called you about it. Mm -hmm. That's not like I scratched on my thing. And I'm not saying that's okay. I'm just saying it's not a cry for help. This is beyond that. This is like I'm really ending it. I'm saying for me, and it, I don't think it takes a mental genius to think about it a little bit. Take mm -hmm. some time to think and reflect. Mm -hmm. It's not just black or white. I would say, especially if you built an empire, you have some ability to reflect. Mm -hmm. I would sit and think that, like, I would be like, that might not be the time for a year of silence. That's, that's all I'm that's, saying. Yeah. You think yeah, that's I mean, crazy? You think I, I'm I, over the top saying no, that? I just don't. I just don't. A I, man I, with experience who goes, did your dad go to church? Yep. Okay, he goes to church. <clears throat> Does he know the story of Christ? He knows the story of Christ. And what, and, and what did Christ do? What he was Christ? What did he do? What do you mean? He took every every one of our sins, and he took the brunt for everything. Right. For so, so I'm I'm could, not even a Christian. So forgiven. I'm not even a Christian, but uh, Christianity doesn't have anything to do with it, what we're talking about. Yeah, it does because what I'm saying okay. is it's it's in his mind. I don't think I don't think I personally don't think your dad did anything wrong. I think that's probably how he was built, how he's assembled. He comes from a different time. He comes from a different time than him. Was a different time than me. Yeah, he was raised differently. He was just heartbroken. Yeah, he was heartbroken. I, he was I heartbroken, so he that. doesn't talk to his daughter who almost yeah, killed bro. herself. And I also and I also feel like I also believe that your dad was doing the best. He was doing whatever was the best thing for you. I don't think that your father was doing anything. I'm gonna punish your dad. I hope that she tries it. Yeah, it wasn't he intentional. Was trying to get your attention or like this. Somehow is gonna make her feel in a way where she's gonna stop doing this. Well, when you Maybe get hurt, she's gonna, uh, you know. When you hurt somebody over and over and over again, right? When you actually are the perpetrator of somebody being injured. Yeah. So my father was getting injured by me, and he just couldn't take it anymore. It was like, where does that line is enough? When's that enough? You know what I mean? I'm gonna tell you something. You may forgive. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you an example in reverse. Yeah. Go ahead. My daughter. Stop talking to me, iced me, iced me because I couldn't get sober. She iced me and she was only 17 and she iced me for three years. She would not speak to me and I didn't beat her. I didn't, I might have emotionally because I couldn't get sober. Yeah, you're trying to get her attention. But um, she did this, man. And, and when I tried to call her at six months and at a year, she told me twice, don't ever call me again. Or you'll never speak to me again. Do not call me. I will call you when I'm ready, if I'm ready. Mm. And I had everybody around me, even my sister. And I had other kids, Sophia's age, daughters. Why would you do that? You're doing so good. You're struggling. You're a dad. Why would she turn her back on you? Everybody had all these reasons why she shouldn't be doing what she's doing. 
But my daughter separated herself from me, man. So she could, she needed to do that because she's healthy. Yes. Not because I needed my daughter to feel sorry for me. No, she's healthy and she's strong. And whether I was going to show up or not or fall on my face or not, she had to do what she needed to do in order to continue to move ahead in life, man. And I was mad at Sophia. I had a resentment at my daughter because yeah. I got 10 other people's daughters telling me how great you are. So bad. Yeah. Steve, that sucks. She just doesn't understand. One day she'll get older and she'll understand. One yeah. day she'll know. No, I sat down with her. She did reach out to me at two and a half years of sobriety. She called me and we have sat down. She explained to me and there is no her getting older or her getting. No, that was what she needed to do. And she explained why she did it. She showed me why she did it in her yeah. actions. Yeah. And, but I had a lot of people intimately around me telling me how she should act and the reasons why and why they wouldn't. Yeah. But they're which different. fed you, which, which can feed a narrative and make you more resentful because Jeez. you're like, yeah, you want, you want answers and you want like, that's terrible. You want to be in the victim. Oh yes. It's terrible. It's terrible that my dad didn't talk to me for a year. I get to enroll people and feel hold sorry on, hold for on, me. Hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Now, number one. I respect what you said, Steve, and I understand what she's doing, which is drawing a boundary, right? But she's, now look, this is what I'm going to say. I totally respect that, and I understand that. But number one, she's your daughter, and you're the parent. So in my mind, this is just me, and I'm not saying this so you can feel sorry for yourself, Conchetta. I'm not enrolling you into that. But when we get into radical ownership of what we do, Mm Mm-hmm. The more I take ownership and responsibility, Steve, for what I do, the more I can start to see in other people what they're not doing. They're not doing. And what I'm saying in the sense of the dead, clearly there's a problem in the relationship. Yes, you have a part to play, Conchetta. I'm not alleviating that. And I honestly, Steve, I don't see this, her situation the same as yours and your daughter. Mm-hmm. Because the, you're the man, you're the father, she's a daughter, she, I think you didn't drive off a cliff to kill yourself. Maybe you did some crazy stuff that I don't know yet. But my point is, is like I don't see it as the same. What I'm saying with Conchetta is, is that it sounds to me like there, there was a problem in the relationship between her and her dad. Her dad's not a bad man. I'm not saying this to say he's a bad guy at all. I'm just saying there's a problem in that relationship for seemingly a non-acceptance of some kind or whatever. And Conchetta has to grow up and understand, like, okay, I'm going to own, like, I don't need that validation. I can't, I'm never going to get it. Never going to get it, probably. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. You're, okay. So she, but when I start to do that, then I start to think about the dad. And, yeah, you can say he's from a different time period. You can say. But what I'm also saying is, is like, he's not foreign to compassion. He's also not foreign to understanding what role he might have had to play in the setup, and then when my daughter goes and tries to kill herself at the end of a really bad run of shit, right? I'm saying I'm not gonna not talk to her for a year on that. That's me. Yeah. And I don't think it takes that much. Well, I think you should leave it like that. Bro. I think, yeah, I think that's perfect. I think that's perfect, that's Chumon, what you're because, not gonna do, you know? <clears throat> because here's the thing you're not gonna do that. And but we can't judge others for the what they need to do to take care of themselves, right? The only thing that I can do moving forward is, like, right now I'm not having I, I'm not in a relationship with my family. My family has kind of stepped away from me this last year. It's been crazy. Okay, hold on, put a yeah. put a put in on that. So listen, Steve, on this already again, we're back at this cycle, 
And so what I'm trying to do is not necessarily alleviate Conchetta's responsibility, and I'm not, but I am having a judgment. Absolutely. You can have it. Okay. And my point is, is now, now we're back again in another scenario. Here's this woman sitting in front of you, okay? She's gone through all that. Now she's back in the cycle. Once again, the story is they've stepped away. You know, I'm trying to do this. They've stepped away. And again, we're back here again. (laughs) So, all right. No, but that's a pattern. Family step away, bro. This is about Conchetta right now. And that's part of these doing what they're doing. No, but my point is, is that uh, I'm trying to understand the pattern to, to, I I guess I'm trying to solve it. This woman's killing it. This woman's killing it with or without them. With that dad stepping out for a day. But, 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 it's not, this woman, right, is doing whatever it is that she's doing, but I'm saying the pattern's still back. It's still the same thing. Well, it's an enabling pattern. So they. How does that work? So I was enabled. I was enabled for a really long time. And then when it was time to grow up, I was enabled for so long that I was stunted. So I didn't have the opportunities or the tools to know what to do. Like, okay, great. I'm supposed to be an adult, but but I've not been an adult. I've not acted like an adult. I've not had adult responsibilities. You know, I haven't had to really work and keep jobs. Like, I've... Every time I fall, you pick me up. Right. That's a pattern that we've created in our relationship. Right. So right. how do I now be an adult? You know, yes, am I saying that it's, it's their fault? No. But there is a combination of responsibility that gets to be looked at. Where my family, they just, they just point the finger at me. Let me ask you something. Yeah. From the time you were born, did you kind of have this life where you were kind of like, you had it good on a like a financial yeah 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 you yep. were provided yes. for and, yep yep and, and before you started really fucking it up mm-hmm. was there plenty of opportunity that was provided to you yeah I mean yeah absolutely my parents always I mean so from the time I was seventeen I was already in treatment centers right so yes they tried to fix it for me they didn't ask me if I wanted it fixed right, right. they. Fixed it for me. They came in, which parents do, and I get it because I work with a lot of parents. And I go, okay, have you asked so-and-so if they really want to be sober? Because until they truly want to be sober and they want to live a different life, you're doing this for you, and that's incredibly selfish on your part. Totally. Because you're making it about you. But until you're 18. Yeah. You ain't making your own decision. Till you're 18, you're not making your decisions. We didn't ask Vincent. We didn't ask my son whether he wanted to go to... uh, wilderness camp yep or he wanted to go to a boys uh treatment center we took his ass and kidnapped him and took of him course because he was gonna kill himself because you're like you're and, gonna and, die and as a parent right, you need right. to so you need to save your kid's so, life oh yeah i wasn't asking anybody how they felt and what they wanted. right right after 18 i understand yep. and and what you're saying they still wore i know we had to separate ourselves yep he had to be he can't live with us he can't so you want to get sober, right? I yeah. get what you're saying. Yeah. But you were, and did your dad give up on you? The, the, you know, the, in I the don't beginning, think he, or did no, he, did he no, try? he did. Obviously, he did not. And but my mom, you know, there was it was dysfunction there. There's dysfunction in the family sure. when stuff like this is going on that people don't want to say there's dysfunction in our family. It's her problem. If you can get sober, if you can do this, if you can do that, everything will be right. 
But no, there's dysfunction. And oftentimes the addict is the most normal person out of the entire dysfunctional family. They're the one that's kind of going, this isn't going on. This is this, you know, this isn't right. And I'm and I'm speaking out by using drugs and alcohol to say this is not right in our family. What's going on? So, you know, when you're you know, I was brought up with parents that were were, you know, they were I won't say punitive, but I will say they were strict. They were strict. And your mom's super judgmental. My mother is, I love my mother so much, and I, I've i always idolized both my parents. Like, I, I think so much of them, but yes, my mother is judgmental. My she mother said, has her heard. mother is super intelligent, is an, an amazing woman in a lot of ways, but you take one look at her, and she can, she, she doesn't even have to tell you, Steve. Sure, sure. She sure. can size you up well, with her eyes. Let me let you know a little secret. Uh, 99.9% of families yeah. are dysfunctional. Yes, absolutely. He came out of one, I came out of one, you came out of one. Yeah. Okay. But it's like, okay, you're sending me to treatment or you're sending me to therapist and you're telling the therapist what's wrong with me, but you're, right. not, brunt, you're not taking the responsibility and saying, you know what, there's some things that we got to do differently here because the response is not going well. Right, and so this is what I'm I trying to put my finger stuff. on. I think that's the type of stuff that we know from being alcoholics Absolutely. and surrounded by it. And if that's not your experience, yes, you could be, you could be the. You get to thinking, can you fix my child? Just get them right. Exactly. You get to thinking like that when you go, okay, and just give them a car and get them the that thing and put them in that, and that's gonna make. And you start thinking that that's how things work. Okay. So come that might, but that it might, ain't working. But and it, you got ab, you listen, listen, Steve. Yes, of course, and especially somebody that thinks m- money is going to solve all the issues, right? It's going to be doing stuff like that. But here's the thing, right? And when you're in business and you're doing business, and and like, let's just take it off of the families. Let's just let's just put it uh, out there. You have to be able to recognize, uh. Uh, 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 you have to be able to see evidence. You have a theory on how the business is going to work and then you get a response. You got to be able to evaluate that response and you've got to be able to evaluate it correctly in order to continue to make money. That's the kind of mind it takes. So when you're throwing gifts, money, thing at a kid and it's not working. That's not business. You're talking about emotional stuff with your family. No, 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 no. But the faculty, listen, I don't know why you guys fuck with me so much. (laughs) You are are fucking with me because I said the faculty to recognize evidence. Yes. Uh Okay. When you are doing business things for this emotional problem Uh and you're getting back uh, failed evidence. Zero in return. (laughs) Zero in return. It doesn't take a genius to be like, okay, that's not working. But if you keep persisting at it in that way, that means you're not committed to changing yourself. Well, here's the deal. When you're in a dysfunctional family and your mother is fixing the problem behind your father's back in the beginning because she doesn't want to annoy your father or get your father upset. Right. Like there's a lot of dysfunction that happens early on, right? Yeah. You don't just become a liar. You learn at a young age. You don't you don't step out of the womb as a baby and go, I'm going to. I'm going to lie about some things, you know, right. You're like going shopping with your mom in Beverly Hills and she's telling you to hide all the packages in the, in the car before, you know, the, for the next day. So your parents don't, so your dad doesn't see and no, that's not a new outfit. Right. So you're learning things and it's okay because your mom's doing it. 
But when you're doing it, it's not okay. So you're getting these mixed messages and mixed signals <sighs> as a kid. Yeah. And you have to understand that, wow, at the end of the day, you get to have responsibility and go, you know what? That probably wasn't the best thing that I taught you. Right. And let's sit down. Let's sit down and have a conversation of why that was not so good. And let's teach you something differently instead of saying, do what I, you know, basically do what I do, do, do what I say and not what I do. Oh my God, dude. If, I, if, I, if I had a dollar for every time my dad told me that. Yeah. And let me tell you something. I went through that same thing that you went through. And this was a situation where, oh my God, I was probably like five years old. Okay. And I lied. I told everyone at school that uh, the Easter Bunny came and they put a Michael Jackson glove in my Easter basket. Okay. I told everybody that. My friends came over to the house and they asked. And my dad was sitting right there. And they go, where's the Michael Jackson glove? And then, I, I, and then my dad said, what Michael Jackson glove? And then they repeated the lie. I said, and my dad goes, there was no Michael Jackson glove. And then in front of my friends, my dad looks at me and goes, boy, don't you ever lie. <laughs> and I felt so small, bro. Yeah. I felt defeated. I felt ashamed. And I was like, man, that's true. And I took it to heart. I was like, that's true. Why did I lie? I, obviously, I needed them to lie. Probably one year later, one year later, my dad is drinking with some Indian friends. They're at the table. They're singing songs. Then my dad starts, he goes, you know what? This is a song from my tribe. And he makes up a song, mm. right? Makes it up out of, he just makes it up right there. He's like, hey, 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 hey. It was like crazy. Yeah. And right there in front of his friends, I said, that's not a real Indian song. Yeah, you you just made that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You lied. Yeah. I got the shit beat out of me. Yeah, of course Don't you did. ever embarrass me in front of my friends. Right. I, I, you want to know something? I got to go back to saying something. Go ahead. Is, this, is that you, you weren't born with this understanding. You weren't born with this understanding of, hey, uh, you know, uh, maybe, um, you know, if, if, if you show me this and I do that and that may not be right, you... You, I would assume you came to this understanding by talking with other alcoholics and other addicts that were going through and you start matching shit up and you're like, fuck, yeah, that doesn't feel, that doesn't seem right. Therapist working. Yeah. And you come and you're like, fuck, man. The parenting that was going on in my house was kind of backwards. Yeah. And here I am kind of fucked up and now I can try Right? Yeah, of course. Am, am, I, I, am I kind of you're okay You're totally with what I'm right. Saying? And my okay. daughter basically saying it. My daughter said if you would have stopped enabling her earlier, she would have gotten sober faster. That's now, what my, here's my what own I'm daughter saying is if your dad <laughs> didn't go through treatment centers starting at 17 and experience from addicts and therapists and getting this information given to him, he might not have come up with that on his own. He may still be solving things the best way he knows how. That may not, he may, doesn't know that. You know, you're not born with this information that we have, bro. Okay, but you okay. got the information from somewhere as well. Okay, but yes and no. You are right up to a point in terms of technical knowledge. But let me put it to you this way. Hmm. I think or I feel that he wasn't living in a bubble. Right, and he wasn't in a pristine bubble. And we're, and we're not talking about over one year. We're talking over how many years, Conchetta? I didn't get sober till I was 42. So 17 to 42 is what? <laughs> That's a lot of years. Yeah, 25 years. Okay, so we're talking 25 years. I actually, now that what you just said, if that was his approach to a family problem, if his approach to a family problem didn't change over 25 years, 
then I actually think what you're approach. talking about. Who, who says that he ever approached it? Well, even that. that That's an approach. Not approaching is an approach. Okay. Not approaching is an approach. Just like not making a choice is a choice. Right. Okay. Whatever he did, 25 years, and it doesn't really change all that much. To me, that smells like denial. Of course. Uh, yeah, there well, probably course. is some denial. It's some denial, and it's, so, all, it's, also, it's also not, it, it's denial, and it's a lack of honesty. Yes. In, internal honesty. And that's all I'm saying. Just like, just like us addicts are. We have right. a lack of internal honesty that goes on with us. Like, hey, I've gotten three DUIs, but I'm not really an alcoholic. I mean, that is denial. That's like right. craziness, right? right? So there is insanity. Because we have dysfunctional families, it doesn't mean that they're normal, perfect. Just because somebody makes a lot of money doesn't mean that they, agree. That they know what's going on. And I actually think so, so this is what I this is my theory, and I don't mean any disrespect yeah. at all. Mm. But this is my theory. I think the success of Conchetta's family, her father and mother, I consider it both their success. The success of her family was part and parcel of trying to create a mask or a denial to cover up some real deep problems that they have themselves with let's say intimacy emotion whatever and it manifested itself in that way and once they got to a certain level i do think they thought fuck we are doing everything right for the most part otherwise we wouldn't have what we have and then they have uh this daughter who um is sticking out cooperate not cooperate crazy doesn't look yeah and so i'm saying like uh, the refusal to address that over that length of time, I'm saying to me, is a little suspect. So I'm saying I don't know that he would even need to go through. He actually, at least, did he ever sit through uh, like family day? Yeah, they went through one. Okay. Did, and he. And what happened? <laughs> it was funny. It's another another comical story. Like I'm in Sierra Tucson, right? I'm in Tucson, Arizona. And they're telling him the script of how to read the script. You know, his name is Cookie. His, his nickname is Cookie, but his name is Dominic. And so they're like, the therapist is calling him Nick instead of Dominic. So they're like, uh, Nick, use the feeling words, Nick. You know, <laughs> when you do this, I feel. Now my dad's like, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Your life is wasting. What the hell are you doing? Like, Nick, <laughs> I like her dad, though. Yeah. I do yeah. like her dad. I'm not saying I don't like it. <laughs> Let me I'm tell you. There was a guy. Wait, wait, in wait, there. wait, 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 wait. Let's, so wait hold funny. on, hold on. Let's go back to this. That was such stop a great it. moment. Just stop it. Just stop it now. <laughs> like he's just like yelling at him. So, so okay. Hold Sounds on. Like Paul Rossi to me. <laughs> Sounds like Paul Rossi. <laughs> wait a second. So let's just go back to this moment. Oh, All right. So you're in Sierra Tucson. Now imagine this. This is the best thing I've ever heard. You're sitting there, and and they're there on family day. Yep. Mm-hmm. And How you old got, are you? I am. In my 20s, I'm yeah. like 29. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm like 29. And I'm almost do, 30. And now, do you... Fuck. No, now, I, maybe I was 30. I was 30. Okay. And, and are you feeling a little bit like, okay, maybe like there's going to be some kind of thing, or do you already know it's not going to go good? Well, I don't know what to expect, because they go into a different session, and they get trained up, and then they come in to meet with us, you know? like. So your mom and dad actually got softened it's and with, massaged. And my sisters, yeah. They're and, like, yeah. yeah. The tough family got yeah. softened and massaged by a, a team of therapists who are like, okay, listen, this is a crucial point yep. in your, the person in your life right now, they're on the edge. 
and they need this family love and support and we need to improve the communication. It's clear. And we're going to put feeling words up and this is really going to change <laughs> the environment and the ecosystem and of the There's a whole dialogue. It's when you, I feel. <laughs> right, this right. is what you say. So, right. so, 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 there's, so, so. so use then, the words. It's on a blackboard. Are you guys in a circle? We're in a circle and we have other people in the, in the, in our therapy, like my group, my personal group in therapy is with us too. So there's like five other people in there Yeah. with whoever they're with, Yeah. you know? And so my dad's sitting in the chair across the way from me. You know? <laughs> is he smiling? No. Like, they're like, they're like, Nick, 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 look at the, look at the, the script. Look at the script, Nick. You know? So he's already annoyed. They're calling him Nick. Who the fuck's Nick? <laughs> so he's like, and my mom and sisters are like in tears. Like they're, they're crying. Laughing, laughing. Oh, they're laughing. Yeah, they're laughing. They're like, laughing. Like, I mean, underneath. I don't know if they're laughing then, but they were just like, like, oh my gosh. It's one of those moments. My dad has some moments like, right. where it's hysterical. Right. So <laughs> he's sitting across from me and he's like, Conchetta, TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Your life is moving and you're and it's going down the hill. TikTok. TikTok, just stop whatever it is you're doing. Just mm -hmm. start right now. You know. And all Did he stuff. use any of the feeling words? No, and they're trying to they're trying to re recalibrate him to the other side, right? And and he's not moving. He's yeah. not moving. And he's like, you know, my dad's bald headed and yeah. just like massive. He's, he's you know, strong. Big, yeah. He's big. Yeah, yeah, big guy. And so he's like, and so by the time they're done, we're done now. And now we're sharing. Now people are. He, what they heard, all the people in the group get to go around and say what, what was going on. So that's cookies there. Oh my God. So this guy in my group, first of all, there's one guy there and he's there for workaholism. My dad goes, You're here for what? <laughs> he's like, What? <laughs> what the fuck is that shit? He goes, I love it. I love it. Because my dad's a workaholic. Yeah. Right? What? There's nothing right. wrong with that. He sounds healthy to no, me. Absolutely. He was like a, You should be at work. He was yeah. like he was like a coach for the dolphins. God like, you know, like Miami Dolphins. He goes, We need more people like you. What do you mean you're here for work? Right, 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 right. And so then there's a gay guy in our group and he's crying, <laughs> sobbing. And cause he's like, Kajeta, you know, cause he's telling me, he goes, you're like my son, you know, you, you're strong like me. Just, just stop this shit, you know, basically. Yeah. And so it goes around the, the guy goes, he starts crying and he's the like, gay guy, the gay guy. And he's he's like, like scared of your dad. Huh? Yeah, scared, scared. <laughs> he's like, but she's not your son. She's your daughter. No. And starts bawling. Right. Oh my God. So that was the only oh my family God. session that my family ever came to out of Is the rest of the dad alive? My mom and dad are alive. Okay. Yeah, my mom and dad. My mom's 83 and my dad's 85. Okay. okay. So still goes to work every day, like, you know. But anyway, yeah. so yeah, so there's been a, and you know, he, if you, Chimahan, I love what you said and I, and, and I love you, you know, but you also have to understand that. People that were raised in that era and yeah. before that, yeah. they didn't have that type of relationship with their parents either. Like, they didn't have parents that were talking about their feelings. Well, hold and, on a second. Hold know, on. No, you know what? Listen, this is my why No, listen. My dad comes from eight brothers and four brothers and four sisters. Catholic family. My dad, my grandfather was at work and my grandmother was having kids. Like, there was no feelings. Listen, I understand that. Okay? I totally understand that. And they were Italians and they didn't speak any English. So listen, there was no feelings going listen, on there. I bring this up. And the reason why I want to not let it go is because while that's the common perception, and it's true to a certain extent where you go like, look, 
the generation they came from, yep. right, is like this, and then right here. Now that is true, but that generation came from other generations before that, where things actually were also different. Yes, right in a in a much more positive way. And the reason why I want to hold on to that is because here in the United States, we very much go back to about the 50s and the 20s, and then we just let it go. We go like, well, that was the 50s, 20s, and we act like that's as far back as you need to go. What we don't do is we don't say, why was society, right? Why was it that those people at that time were shut off emotionally? It wasn't just about education. It was also about the way the world was back then, right? And, right. and who was in control of things back then, even for Italians and all that other kind of stuff, right? It wasn't an easy life and all these other kind of reasons. And the reason why I want to bring that up is because, and Steve, this is why I want to say this, is because a lot of times we have these parents that come from these places and we don't follow through on the responsibility all the way through and also through time and I believe that's why we always get, I feel like there's an abundance of half measures today. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I believe that people are trying to get sober or they're trying to heal families and they only get so far. And it's partially because we've all absorbed a little bit like, well, these people are like that. You can't really do anything about that. Where did that come from? We don't know, but we can't deal with that. Blah, 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 blah. And to a certain extent, that makes practical sense. But it doesn't close the loop. No, it doesn't. It doesn't get doesn't let anybody off the hook. But here's the deal. Go ahead. When when you're no better than anyone else, when we judge what they should be doing, they're judging what we should be doing. And it's all about judgment. It's everybody's judging everybody. Right. No one is like going, you know what? How about let's bring God into this whole circumstance and go, God didn't judge anybody. He doesn't. He doesn't judge you. In fact, he brought his frigging son down to take every single sin that you've ever had to deal with and by your stri by his stripes you are healed like but that's not how it works in real life with other people well that's what i'm saying and what i'm saying though is is that uh, some of the people that you've talked about were raised and steeped in that tradition yeah right you just brought up a tradition yep. right they were they in fact they were more believers back then than now and some of those same people are the ones that are judging the harshest yeah so how the fuck do you reconcile that and the only reason why i say it is because you're here now once again yep and you're here now trying to figure out how i'm not going to judge and for me a little bit is judgment but it's also evidence it's also following the cause and effect we live in a society now where we bowl out at about 1950 to 1930. We just forget all the chains of events that go beyond all that. As a result, people just think, oh, well, that's just the way people are. No, that isn't. There were alternatives. There were people doing absolutely 100% different things. Mm -hmm. And this is not okay now. doesn't make them a bad person. No. But what's the next level in their development? And how do I know what's my stuff? And what's their stuff? Well, look, that's I, really I, what I'm trying I, to get. Like, at. I'm hoping to be. You're hoping to be a different parent than your dad was to you. Oh, I am already a different. Uh, parent. You're already. You're a different parent than your parents were to you. I'm a different parent than my parents were to me. Right. 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 Okay. So we are changing that. Yeah. Right. If we allow it. Now, there's nothing we can do. And the the fact of the matter is, I've cried too many times. I've been hurt too many times. I've felt that pain too many times like my dad doesn't love me like 
this person's father does. It doesn't look this way. And I don't feel like mm-hmm. my dad loves and cares about me in a supportive way, even though I know that's wrong because he's thrown his entire life, life's work and money at it. That's the best he could do. That's the mm-hmm. best he could do. He was like, this is loving my daughter by whatever it costs. Like yeah. he said, whatever it costs to get you sober, I would give my life for it. Except he will not be vulnerable. Right. He won't pay that. He doesn't price. know how. He doesn't know I how. I don't believe that. That's where we turn. That's where I listen. This is just me. When you, you we look at I, here's here's I, I don't believe that. Here's what's here's to what's vul- going to be here's vulnerable. What's gonna no, yeah. you, here's what here's what's going to happen. Yeah. Go ahead. You'll get to find out in maybe fifteen years, fourteen Go ahead. years. Go ahead. When your daughter can be honest and starts pointing out yeah. the stuff that you couldn't do for her. Yeah. That you couldn't cut or meet the meet the and you'll go back and you'll go, fuck. But how could I? How could I have known that? And you'll start to make the, you'll start to understand because you've come to that place with your daughter. Yep. I've come to that place with my kids. Wait a second. And until I got to that place, I could not see where the parent wasn't wrong. Where the parent wasn't wrong. You should know better. Right. You should fucking know, man. You should know not to hit your fucking kid. I used to say that shit. You should know better than that. I don't care if you nobody taught you that. You should know that off the top of your No. You're going to find out. You're just going to get to that place. Hold on a man. second. Hold on a second. Listen. You're saying, I understand what you're saying. I'm not saying. cutting your dad's stuff. I'm not saying no, no, it's no, no, right no, or wrong. no, no, no. But I'm what I'm saying, saying is, you're in a very judgment. You're, you're on some judgment stuff right now, man. I think I'm on some realism shit. I think I'm actually pulling a card of what is a common assumption by most people. I'm not giving anyone a pass. But what I am saying is, is that you know what? Most people, the common approach is like, well, they did the best that they could, and da da da. And to a certain extent, that's true. Yes, you can't go back in the past. But what I'm saying is, is this is a still an ongoing problem, Steve. No. What do you mean? I don't believe spot. that they don't. It's re- a blind spot. It's, it's a, a blind spot. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. It may be a blind spot, but it's still ongoing, Steve. And let it's, me tell it's you. Not, it's yeah, not. It is when ongoing. You, when, yeah. you have, when you have, a, when, you, when you can look and go, okay, look, I've got three kids. One of them, not done, not done so well in her life. But two of them are seem to be thriving. <laughs> then you're like, hey, you know, I guess I'm doing pretty good job. It's obviously, you know, the yes, I understand. You get to take personal responsibility. It drives me crazy that my parents haven't ever said like, hey, we fucked some such stuff. We we screwed up here. There's a lot of things that we didn't. Instead, they say we shouldn't have enabled you for so long. Right. No, right. that's the wrong way. That's the wrong message. The message is yes, that was that was a problem. But what was the conversation that could have happened that was differently? Like, hey, Conchetta, what's going on with you that you are self-destructing? And how can we support you instead of telling me I'm wrong all the time? That's the difference. By you say, saying that I'm wrong all the time and you should be doing this and you should be doing that, how many, how many of us have with the you should parents? Right, right, right. right? right that doesn't right. work. It doesn't work because you grow up resentful. You grow up feeling controlled. You feel up like your life is not your own. Like that's my stories that I created. Like I want to be able to live my life the way I want to live it and – because you've raised a spoiled brat, I want the money to do it too. Like right. you know what right, I mean? Right, 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 yeah. right, right, right. And they but, might be saying, "No, it isn't that it doesn't work, Conchetta. You don't work." Yes, 
Because yes. we all fucking somehow don't do what you do. Exactly. Right. That's exactly Nobody in this family's getting arrested. Right. Nobody's breaking and the they, law. And they've, got a, and they've got a lot in their perception to the world yeah. to back up what they're saying. Not only Whether that, we, they got a scapegoat yeah. For whatever problems well, sure. are in the family, and they have they a list. Learn. They it's, have a list. They have a list on their wall with every single year, every single thing, every single bad thing. They think that it's helpful, but it's not because what basically Chris Prentice told them was people will live down to your expectations as well as up to them. Right, if you right. consistently look for her to fail, she will give a, give you and deliver on that. Do you believe that your parents love you? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you believe? That they did, or, or they with their actions in their as fucked up as they may seem at times. Yeah, that they in their conceptual minds believe they're doing what they can for their daughter because they want to help their daughter. Yeah, absolutely. And I also feel that they are not equipped or have the they they don't understand how to do it differently. They're so old school Chumahan. Yeah. They have no idea how to make that shift. So perfect example. I'll give you an example. Go ahead. So because I grew up with money and was enabled for so long, I'm not very good with money. Imagine that. Don't know how to be responsible with money. Right. No, you're money, gambling like crazy. Right. But it's like I don't have the understanding because I really no one sat me down. Like it would have been great if my dad could have sat me down and said, hey, Conchetta, this is how you budget things. This is how you do things like budget. You know, at, when I first got into business for myself after right. I got sober, my right. when I was seven months sober. Right. And said, hey, I'm going to have. I'm going to spend the best money I can spend right now. I'm going to hire a money manager that's going to sit with you and school you every week and teach you the fundamentals of business. Mm -hmm. No, they threw money at it. And so when things don't work out, they can be right about it. Right? right? You don't manage money. You're irresponsible. You don't do this. You don't do that. Right? It's like, okay, but how do you teach somebody something different? You empower them and tell them they can do it. And then you put the people in place that can support that and allow them to learn because it's a teaching moment. If you don't just tell them they're wrong and bad and all this stuff and it brings in the shame. Right. The and the reason why I want to approach it with a different attitude and with a little bit finer, like tooth comb on who's responsible for what is because my firm belief is that, that's how you are able to not to alleviate yourself of what you need to do, because as much as there, what Conchetta's saying is correct. There's also a part of me that says, yeah, but you had your opportunity and you're your own person and you need to take ownership of that and, and figure out how to do it on your own, blah, blah, blah. Have that part that says that. But I also want to be I think it's most helpful in getting to the next level of what you need to work on and improve on in yourself when you know where your parent shit is. And what is yours? Yeah. If you are confused about that because you want to give them a pass because you're saying they did the best that they could or whatever it is, but you don't follow the logic all the way through and say like, okay, they really do own that. I don't own that. That's not mine. And I don't need to spend a bunch of time working on that because right. I don't own that. I'm not necessarily saying it to say like, well, now we need to wake up these people that have been the same way for 20 years. Well, but no. I'm saying for within a person who's analyzing themselves and wants to get the most out of yeah. what they got, and they have to be able to realistically look at all that stuff and, and maybe not just throw it under the, well, well it, you know, that's I, all they knew. And I agree. There's the, I agree 100% that there is obviously dysfunction. Right. Yeah. There's definitely something going on. Yeah. But, but I don't see it in the, like, 
you know, I've heard similar stories to yours. Mm-hmm. Similar stories where the family was like, they were done at 21. Yeah. And they had enough money to feed the entire country. Yeah. Some of these people were probably better off than even you were. Of course. And they were like, of course. Uh, it's no. a wrap. Yeah. Don't even call us. Just right. done, done. And I think that's even more like, okay, yeah, that, what is you, that going to fix? You exactly. Know, like that, that's your child or whatever. You know, I don't see it like that. I see it like, yeah, there's dysfunction and do, and he cut her father, cut her off here. But I also am hearing a lot of things that were provided and a lot of them yeah. trying to Opportunities, stay in it totally. for, and trying to stay in it the best they could for a while as yep. this was continuing. Yep. And it wasn't like she fucked it up for like 10 years. And got no, 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 no. You were running it through and you were fucking affecting everybody. You know, you're running a month. No, I was, I was hitting everybody, every corner. Like <laughs> every, I made sure every single sister was affected by it. You know, but I made sure that all I think there's, <sighs> and no. so what I'm saying is, is that, so my initial point that kicked off this whole controversy was mm-hmm. only it wasn't that. wasn't even a controversy, just a little, yeah. uh, what, uh, you know what I'm saying. Uh, was basically to say, <laughs> <laughs> was basically to say that in an instant where my daughter who's screwing up almost kills her, not almost kills herself, really would have died in that crash. I'm just saying, me personally, I wouldn't have picked that time to say I'm not talking to her for a year. That's what I'm saying. Well, I'm not saying I'd give her money. I'm not saying I wouldn't, I, but that would be, you know, maybe when she, you know, Costco'd up the entire South, Southern California and was like, all that, I might not talk to her for a year on that one. I might be like, you know what? That's it. You, you, but like, if my daughter, no matter what she did before, no matter what she did before, I'm telling you right now, I don't care if she invented mustard gas right before. If, she, if my daughter, she drives off a cliff, and the only, and she would have died if it wasn't for a tree. I definitely wouldn't have been. I might not have. No, you might have said, "What are we doing now? That what what's going on with us and how we're uh, how we're." approaching her that this is the this is the solution right right maybe you might that's what all i'm saying right and it was like they're raising my kid you know they've taken on so many responsibilities that are mine yeah it's like wow how much more could you could i have done to them to be disrespectful in their eyes like it's like you don't even give a crap what were given to you. Right, and I didn't. Right. right, right I didn't. Right, right, I really right, right, wanted, right. like, there was a part of me that wanted them to spend every single dime because of how, <laughs> because of how hurt I was inside. Right. Wow. Like, that makes sense. Though. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And it was like, that was the pain. But what I will say is what I was getting to was, you know, there's been so many breakdowns, even sober, like 13 years sober, like so many financial breakdowns and break breakdowns where, They've had to step in. They've had to step in to where instead of right now, they're not talking to me and haven't talked to me since August. So instead of saying, you know what, we're not going to, they just don't know how to manage and say, you know what, Conchetta, we love you. We absolutely love you, but we are never going to give you another dime until you figure your life out for yourself. Like we're not going to they don't know how to separate that, so they just say, "I can't talk to you," and I, I won't be. Or able they don't to. know how to set up boundaries. Right? Correct. No, they don't. They don't. So they can just do the extreme one, and the, that's the, it. It's the extreme. It's the extreme. Now, not only is you know we're not talking to you, but your sisters aren't talking to you, and your daughter's not talking. You know, it's like everybody. That's fascinating. It's like it's like a cult. <laughs> it's like a cult of we don't know how to behave differently. 
But so all we're going to do is just cut that that's line well, off. And well, maybe you know, maybe that'll get you right. Well, you know what? That's interesting though because no, what, I what think Conchetta's, that's cruel. What Conchetta's saying is is that it's weird because they could just as easily. She's not out fucking around anymore in that and with the drugs and all that. Yeah, right? yeah. So okay, so she's having financial difficulty, let's say, or some kind of blow up or whatever. What Conchetta's saying is that right now her whole, not just the dad. The entire family system doesn't know how to interact with her. Uh-uh. Nope. Without they giving, know how to without, yell at me and tell me that without I'm, giving her money. Yeah, they they don't they do not know how. So to so that the way. only option that the family the whole family thirty years into this the whole family unit knows how to do is just be like, oh we're not gonna talk to you. Yeah, I called my dad <laughs> to tell him that I was sorry the other day. Yeah. You know, and there's a long story, and I don't want to get into it, but I called to just say I was sorry because. I've been in Bible college, and really what I've learned was, you know what, it's just, it, there doesn't have to be an I'm sorry, and this is the, 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 the. It just uh-huh. needs to go, hey, I acknowledge that I was wrong, and I'm sorry, and I want you to hear me. Uh-huh. And my dad was like, we just got another bill for this, and the, you know, it was about money. You're like, he's mad about money. He's mad about the amount of money that he has spent <laughs> on me. Like I put a gun to him's head and said, "You had to give me this money." Like I don't, you know what I mean? Right. He's he's he ties money. Money is such a profound possession to him because I understand he works really hard, Steve. He goes to work every single day, but he wants to. He wants to, but it's he understands the value of money, and his child does not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his child does not. Uh, okay, uh, and but but on that. On that, let's take it back to now, what are you doing? What is the project that you've grown that is something that's given back? I mean, so you've heard all this. We've gone into deep. What are you doing now? Well, I'm supporting. I'm I'm like helping others. Like I'm building out a trade school. I mean, that's my big thing is I'm building out a trade school because I realized that I should not have been given a fish. I should have been shown how to fish. Right. And if somebody would have shown me how to fish and I would have had a trade and I would have understand that, hey, you don't have to be you don't have to be a student. You don't have to go to college. If you're not a student and you can't get into college, don't worry. You can learn something else to support yourself in going in getting your life together. And what's the name? First of all, how does somebody who cheated their way through school all of a sudden decide I'm going to create my own trade school? How does that happen? Because. There was nothing out there, and this 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 academia world is so backwards. Like, think about it nowadays. Let's look at it in today's world. Go ahead. If you don't have a three yeah, you're not getting into any good colleges. That's true. You're not, That's which is true. sad because that is somebody that actually is a good student. But if you have a two point you really not going to school unless you're related to somebody that can get you in. Well, yeah, unless you you're Felicity Huffman or whatever. You right, know, or exactly, you know what? exactly. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, if if there was an option, what if there's an option when you're a sophomore in high school and you know you're not a student, you've never been a student in your entire life. You've you're not going to be a. student. You're never going to be a student. But what if it, when when you're a sophomore, if there's something that is a is a track that says, hey, if you want to go down the trade track. We're going to let you go down that track. If you want to go down the scholastic track or the academia track, this is your route. Like, why not show kids that there's can be a different opportunity? And so what did you create? What's I the create name of it? Holistic Learning Sanctuary. And at Chumahan helped me with it. We basically started a 501c3 that yep. supports. 
It was supposed to be for, for supporting people with substance use and mental health disorders to learn a trade and go to work. So they, after they got out of treatment and sober, now they have an opportunity to do something with their lives. Instead of living off SSI, picking up disability checks, that doesn't work. Right, right. It doesn't work and they right. never have anything that they can call that they can be proud of, right? Yes, of course. Like you can't even live off of social security. Right. So right. how the hell are you going to take care of a family? Yeah, Perpetuates yeah. the problem. You're just throwing money at people like my parents did for me. Right. Like it didn't work. But now this is making a new level of sense to me. That while you're sensitive to the concept of just throwing money at people, but not giving them something that they can feel personally like some esteem, some yeah. personal esteem about. <clears throat> so what trade do you do you teach at your holistic learning sanctuary? So five trades. We're building out five trades, and we just bought a nine-acre. I didn't buy it. God bought it because I I just filed bankruptcy two years ago. There's no way in hell I should be freaking buying a house. I just bought a nine-acre property to build out this trade school, which is so crazy. Who's God's real estate broker? How did that happen? Exactly, because my parents don't have any idea that I just bought a house. Like they're <laughs> like, could you imagine my dad? My my daughter wrote me a letter at Christmas. She didn't call me. She didn't text me. She didn't do anything. She wrote me a letter that said, maybe just one day, mom, you could own your own home. And I was already an escrow. So that's God. That's amazing. That's a God. That's a God. So you got this nine acre property, holistic learning sanctuary. Yep, it's culinary agriculture. So mm -hmm. farm to fit table. Um, the arts, construction, and computer science. Wow. I love that. Yeah. What so do you think about trades. that? I think that's great. Isn't that amazing? So, yeah. and it's not going to just be open to the population that we all are. Right. right, right. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. It is actually open to everybody. We're going to open it up to everybody. Where's it located? It's in San Diego. It's in the Ramona, in Ramona. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. That's so where you're located That's now where we're located. Yeah. And I really, really want part of this show to like pitch to the property brothers because how many how many years have we worked on this i mean i want to say like four five three three it's been three since 2017 yeah. we formed holistic learning sanctuary oh my god but that was a whole let me tell you something applying for uh, a non-profit status with school. the irs yeah. and, but but as a school and in fact the accountant later they came back and were like well did you put in this policy and that policy and we had yeah. But I mean, it's a it's a big process. It's more than just like collecting, you know, just filling out a little paperwork. And, and my parents something. think I'm crazy. My parents are like, you know, I told my parents, I said, I want to start a, a nonprofit. And they're like, you've always been a nonprofit. Like, <laughs> funny, funny, funny. Right. You know, and but I was like, I want to open up a nonprofit trade school. And they're like, that's never going to happen. That's never going to happen. Like, and here we are. Hot, and so you've already run some tests some pilot Test yeah, students? we've had a couple of classes, like uh, culinary classes, which, you know, didn't do so well. Like what worked was, yeah, that we're committed to doing this. What didn't work is having a bunch of uh, people that are in recovery come to try a culinary class and not be committed. Right. Right. Like right. It, it needs commitment, right? Right. And so that's why I decided to open it up to everybody. And I right. told Chimahan from day one, I said, you, you know who's going to build this school for me? The Property Brothers. The Property Brothers are going to build that school. I see it happening. Like, yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. This is a woman of vision. And, yeah, yeah I do have, have I, I definitely <clears throat> have visions. The... And and also Andrew Zimmer is going to build the kitchen. Like I've said that since day one. Right. And like Andrew Zimmer has been sober a long time. 
he he was homeless on the streets. Like he has an incredible story. So if people want to donate to <coughs> Holistic Learning Sanctuary, it's yep. a it's a it's a write off. So if you donate, it's a write off. Absolutely. Where do they go, or how do they contact? HolisticLearningSanctuary.com. And you can go and you can go to our website and you can donate. There's um, many different ways to donate. You can donate through PayPal. You can donate through Venmo. You can donate through checks. You can do do Facebook. Right. You know, Facebook, we collect money anyway. And right now what we're at right now, now that we have the property, we are at the building of the culinary program out. We're going to build out the culinary and the agriculture together so people can learn farm to table and learn how to grow and sustain their own fruits and vegetables and then take that into the kitchen and learn how to cook with those. Wow. And so, yeah. So that's great. That's what Any we upcoming do. events or fundraisers? Well, we're going to have some soon, but literally... We're gonna to get to figure out how to get this uh, this whole whole deal to the property brothers because I'm I'm working on a letter right now. Okay. We even wrote a letter to the president, didn't Donald we? Donald Trump. Yeah, we wrote a letter to him saying, yeah. "Hey, we need to, to we need pull, money. We need to pull trades." And guess what? And during his State of the Union the other day, he talked about trade schools, and I'm like, I know that he has that letter somewhere. Somebody told him about that letter. Right. Well, yeah. we need to send him another one. I know yeah. exactly. So we what get to it? we get to stand we get to stand as a village, and we get to show people how to fish. Mm, nice. I like it. Wow. This well, was excellent. Yeah. Conchetta, it was just a pleasure meeting you and hearing I your story know, and your journey. It's we didn't exciting. Even, we didn't even hear that much of her story, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we I got to I feel like I got to be taken on a novel of her life. Yeah, we yeah. haven't even talked about memory man. We haven't talked about we Brad. Haven't, we, we haven't, haven't talked about any of the people that lived in our sober living. The cutters, it was so crazy. The cutters. You told me about this one these one people that would come and you told me that they would take all this food to go with them. Yeah, oh, Barra and Memory, Memory Man. Man. Yeah, Memory Man was a guy who uh, had a giant toupee. He couldn't even he couldn't even tell me the story <laughs> without laughing. And falling oh my god! Down. You he know, tell me how they would show up way early, like you, as the shit's being cooked. You would never see him. You, you would never yeah. see Barra or Memory Man any other time at Conchetta's house. They wouldn't be there except when there's free food. Except for when there's free food, Soon and they the would take pa- they would take bags of it. They would literally. They, yeah. I'm like, yeah, and Barra like, had like guys- had like a, a big weird wig. She, she looked like she a died. mummy. She what? She died. Yeah, well, she was old. Yeah, Memory Man had this tube, this giant tube, and he would sit there and he'd walk around and he tr- and he had a comic book called Memory Man that somebody made back in 1972, and he would try to pitch his movie, the Memory Man movie. He I'm thought, gonna be in the Memory Man yeah, movie. Yeah. And so anyway, the, so one time. They came early, and he was reaching for some of the food before anyone else was being served. Uh-huh. And uh, and the maid slapped his hand and goes, no! And he went, <laughs> and he shook his head, and his tooth <laughs> fell right in the food. It was unbelievable. The craziest thing you've ever seen. That was like their normal. That's how they got the normal. We had a oh guy. We had a guy that literally, he would, he would take his teeth out his false teeth out he would eat peanut butter like tons of peanut butter and he would take out his false teeth and he had him sitting on the counter one night uh, like like the coffee table and i had a yorkie and i'm like and i'm like i'm like what is arthur licking (laughs) he was licking the dude's teeth licking the dude's teeth it was so disgusting this guy brad dude this guy brad he uh he passed away no. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Called me. And Mike? Told me, yeah, Mike. Mikey. Uh, Minnesota Mike called me. When? And said he, I don't know. I don't know. But 
This guy couldn't park his car to save his life. He like, would take it, out like two different cars. Like he would literally sideswipe cars. Yeah, he would, he would come back and there would be no mirrors. Um, I know. And then she had these giant terracotta beautiful things outside. They would, half of them would be cracked because he <laughs> what, like backed What did you do? Yeah, I mean, he was driving by the force or something. I don't know what it like was. Like so doing. much money. You know, like his his family owned like all the shopping set, like strip malls and stuff in Cleveland. Like huge like so much money. It's like, I mean, we would get these kids that had so much money. The brothers, the brother cutters. No, the best people one. like that don't make it sometimes. No, people, well, they, he didn't, obviously. Uh, yeah, and Brad there's another, and, there, and there's a, did you tell him about the Italian princess? The Chiara, giant Chiara. We had a girl that lived with us that was six foot four. Yeah. And she literally loved Chumi and she'd go, Chumi, 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 Chumi. She wanted me to be her like sober companion, right? She was this giant woman, giant. And she wasn't, she was crazy. She got lipo like once every two weeks. Remember oh, that? She, would, she literally was only in her 20s. She would tell her mother, her mother owned like all the like PG&E or SDG&E in, in Italy, right there from Milan. And her mom had this crazy hair. It looked like teased up angel hair pasta that was deep fried and she'd come in with these cigarettes and that they'd smoke 24 7 just these Italian smoking like crazy talking like talking in Italian yes. and, they, and, and then she would come and make that chicken piccata wasn't that her big dinner that was her big dish and she'd they'd come in and take over and of course Chiara, she'd have to go get her hand she'd have to go to the palm readers every day Every day, she would have a driver that would take oh her to God. the palm readers every a day. Driver would take a, driver, a driver would a take her. A driver would take her. And, and in that palm reader, by the way, that palm reader. So, one, and then we, we had another kid, a Persian kid, right? And this kid, <laughs> came, this guy was a whack job. Oh. This guy had a fleshlight, you know, one of those things that is a fake vagina on a cylinder. And like you fuck it and he would be fucking it in his room. He gave himself a yeast infection because he wouldn't clean it. <laughs> Give himself a yeast infection because he wanted to clean it. That's a true story. So this kid, Eric, full of money, dude. Full no, of money. came in, get this one, comes in per, from from Germany, but their, par their parents Iran. live in, Le in Le Iran, right. comes in with a black American Express. And he was buying crazy he, shit. He was getting Hermes sheets sent to my house every day, like Hermes like packages. Hermes Hermes, 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 Hermes. And I'm like, what are you doing? And you'd go in and he'd have like oolong tea and weird candles and he was always like wearing a silk hookah, robe. Hookah, a hookah. And smoking cigarillos, like little thin brown cigarettes and wrecking Mercedes and like he was going to get sober. Like he was going to get he sober. Was, he was 19. He, he his parents, <laughs> after he graduated from, from high school, Gave him the Black American Express and said, travel the world. And all he did was go to like Cambodia, went to all the drug places, all <laughs> like yeah. Netherlands, bought yeah. all the drugs, bought all. Then he used the same Black American Express, didn't tell his parents, checked into promises with it. Mm -hmm. Literally. And the promises, Reza called him, remembered the parents because <laughs> he was Persian and told him in, in basically in, their, in Farsi that your son's in treatment here. <laughs> promises. <laughs> they were pissed off. They were pissed off. Yeah, they didn't want him. His dad would tell him, like, what are you doing? You should be chasing women, all kinds of women, old ones, young ones. And then he would be like, I don't want to do all that. I just uh -huh. want to try to find who I am. And then he would take uh -huh. karate class. This kid, by the way. So he goes, I go. So I'm working with You're Conchetta. sponsoring him. Yeah, I'm sponsoring him, driving him around, doing that shit. So I'm like, all right, get in here. And he's like, I would go. And he, he knows there's a meeting, right? D down, you know, down in Malibu proper, the little city part. He's like, I'm going to the men's stag. I go, that sounds great. So me and Minnesota Mike, who's this fat kid from Minnesota, but great kid, but fat, and, and a gambling degenerate that will put oh. Conchetta to shame. Oh, Conchetta to shame.
won like 100,000 his first time playing video poker, never recovered. Right. All right. So we drive down. We're driving Eric down to the men's stack. Eric, you know, and he's got like a weird, he's always wearing like a silk robe with like some kind of like <laughs> fucking, he's like the owner of Playboy or right, something. Right, like right, right, right. You have yeah. You have yeah, right. yeah, So he's you. going to the men's stack. Right next to the men's stack is a McDonald's. So me and Fat Mike are like, let's get something at McDonald's. So we pull in there. I'm filet fishing up. We get right into the drive-thru, and we're sitting in drive-thru, and who do I see? This fucking Persian kid, this stupid fuck walking in the opposite direction of the meeting on the street. So I tell Big Mike, I'm like, let's tell that son of a bitch. So he's walking on foot. I'm thinking he's trying to like, I don't know what he's doing, connecting some drug, whatever. So we're driving like maybe two, like a like half a car length behind him. He doesn't even turn around. We're driving and it's like a, something from the Rockford Files. We're driving and we follow him. And where does he go? He goes to the palm reader. And he goes inside the palm reader. I open up the door and I go, Eric, where what the Kira f-? goes? Well, I go, where the, f-? yeah, Kira. I go, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, what do you do? I'm like, why'd you lie to me? And he's like, because I knew you would make fun of me if I went to the palm reader. I was like, you're damn right I'm yeah, going to. Yeah, yeah. Get in this fucking car. What's the matter with you? <laughs> and apparently the palm reader had told Eric that he had a lot of bad energy around him and that for weekly payments, she was going to be able to clean it all up. <laughs> 500 a week, I can clean that up for you. Oh, exactly. it was the best thing, dude. Oh, crazy. Yeah. So anyway, a ton of stories like that. And we didn't even get into the brothers, oh twin God. brothers with night vision goggles who were cutters. Cutting, they were cutting each other and they had some like weird condoms. Yeah. Weird scene. Really strange. Yeah. Yeah. It was so weird. We I'm couldn't telling you, it out. cutting so bad. So bad, you guys. We had to kick him out. We had to, it was so bad. I mean, he was cutting his 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 arteries and his legs. Remember, he would lock himself. Yeah, in the, he was so sick. Remember, Garrett, I Garrett. was I had to actually walk in with razors and be like, okay, you're gonna. Sh-. And he he had a whole he had a weird fetish thing all set up. He knew exactly the shaving cream he wanted. He knew exactly the razor. Yeah, he was real clean. He was like very clean, and but the, cutting like his his arms. It, you couldn't even see his arms. I'd have to watch him. I'd be like, okay, so here you go. I'm just gonna stand right here and watch you shave. I think something happened like at home with his dad or something. That's why his brother and he were so crazy. Yeah, and They're we found so night vision goggles and condoms. Yeah. Remember it was when a, he stole shit from Ira? Oh, do you remember <laughs> that? I was so pissed. He broke into Ira's room. <laughs> remember when Kiki Kira beat up. Ira? Ira. Man, she outweighed him by 100 pounds. Oh, my God. She literally bit my manager on the back. She got <laughs> drunk out of him. She got ju- drunk, and I wouldn't let her. I had two homes at the time, two houses in Malibu. And I, she lived at the one that I was at. And I told him, I said, don't even bring her here. Don't even bring her to this house. I told you guys. She had taken a piss in the jack-in-the-box parking lot. Like, in all bare in front of a cop. Right. Remember? She, yeah. like, literally Put squatted Put that microphone in front of you. She literally right. squatted and pissed in the, in the middle of... In the middle in of Malibu. Park, in Malibu. And so she already is talked to by the cops there. Then I said, don't even bring her to my house. I don't even want to see her. I said, she absolutely can't be here. And so she, they take her to the other house where Ira's the manager. And she gets there. And, and, I, and Ira's like, she's going crazy. She's, she, she gets on the phone. She goes, why can I not come to my house? And I said, because you're not coming to the house. You've been drinking and you can't come. Fuck you, you fucking bitch. And she hangs up the phone <laughs> on me. So I'm like hot now. It's yeah. 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I'm pissed. Now I'm awake. I'm like, oh, she did not. I jump in my car. I drive up to the house, which is up on Winding Way. Right? Yeah, it's like a real winding Malibu fucking Literally, thing. Literally, I pull up and out of the dark, she comes and she leaps on my car. Leaps on the car as I'm pulling up. Right, like Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Jumps on the car. She opens the car door and she pulls me out. 
and throws me to the ground, right? <laughs> and I, the car's still rolling over the hill, like going over the hill. And I'm like, you motherfucker! I'm like screaming at her. She gets real quiet because I'm like, now I'm in, now I'm crazy. Right. Now I'm absolutely, what right. the fuck are you doing? You? I was like, oh my God. And she got real quiet. Yeah. But she had bit Ira in the meantime. She had literally beat him up. Beat the hell no, out no. of him. Listen, first of all. He had I, to get a tetanus shot. Listen, Ira's the nicest guy in the entire county. And old. And old. Like, he's wearing turquoise and listening to, like, old burnout <laughs> classic rock. Like, yeah, he's not like Steely trying. Dan. Yeah, he's a Steely Dan. He's a Steely yeah. Dan guy. He won't even. He won't, he, that's it. And so he's not involved in anything, right? And and then Conchetta's the boss. And Conchetta's don't let her in. And and so he, he said <laughs> all the residents are out and they're like, here this a giant Italian woman oh, jump right, on man. him. And she's kicking this and the, all the doors are glass. And she's got this giant foot. She's like, good, good. And, and, and now Conchetta told Ira, don't let her in. But she's kicking the glass. And Ira's <laughs> afraid she's going to burst through. So what does Ira do? Let's her in. Let's her in. And, and then she starts is, beating him. What does he get in return for being <laughs> a nice guy? <laughs> starts trying to run away from her she launches onto his back and sinks her teeth into his shoulder blade <laughs> it was so bad I, I gotta go to the bathroom no no we can I think we should end it here yeah. I think we're, we've done enough Conchetta uh, thank yes. you oh my god thank so, you wonderful so come time. back come back please and, yeah. and the property brothers yeah, right some more stories. Yeah. holistic learning sanctuary thank you very much from Absolutely. the Mayfair Mayfair Hotel adios amigos